0: Hey, welcome to the 308th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony. This is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Logan. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And I recently was doing a bunch of Silver Age uh, Superman comics, uh, which reminds me, uh, I need to look for some more at Comic-Con this weekend. <laughs> and I, my time is, I don't have much time to do that. Um, and I, but I'm going to take a little, little, little switch. We're going to mix it up th- this coming week <laughs> and do something else. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash Gman You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. I feel like I just messed something up there. I kind of had to pause it for a second because I realized I didn't put my windscreen thing on my mic and everything. Um, I'm recording this from the hotel room in Comic-Con. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I managed to record a couple parts prior to coming out. So you might notice a slight change in audio. So... Just use your imagination. Let's like not, not worry about that. Hopefully it won't be a huge um, discrepancy. And, uh, yeah, so um, it's, it's been... I'll, I'll talk more about the Comic-Con. I think I might save that for the end of the show. I'm, I'm debating whether that's going to be the main feature or not. We'll, we'll see. What, what else? I'm going to talk about Bird Box Barcelona. That's going to be like the movie feature. I did not get a chance to see Barbie or Oppenheimer. Probably, I have a. This coming week is going to be so, so busy. So I have like a, a one day window to watch a movie because, uh, so, you know, I fly back from Comic Con su- last Sunday, you know, depending on when you're listening to this. When, you know, it hasn't happened yet, obviously, as I record this Sunday. So then I got Monday at home, and then Tuesday I'm flying out to, to go see my daughter because she, she moved as I I think I mentioned and then flying back Friday and then Saturday's Taylor Swift and it's going to be crazy. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to do my best to try to get everything done next week, but I may have to, you know, I would prioritize and you know, family stuff is, is important, but we'll talk about that later. I didn't manage to watch the normal shows. I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it, but we have uh, my adventure with Superman. I literally just finished watching that, and uh, Secret Invasion hijacked crowded room and um, comics. I think I, I think I read all the comics. Most comics. Oh, there's one I didn't read. I just realized. So let's get into some news. I feel like I probably have missed some news. Normally, comic kind of weekend. I feel like. I've been writing more news up, like stuff that I've seen or heard, and uh, there hasn't been that much. But also, as I'll get into later, this has been a very strange Comic-Con. It feels like there hasn't been as much. You know, none of the big studios are here, so there really hasn't been a whole lot of big announcements. You know, there's been some things that, you know, they've had planned, but it, it just feels like I haven't done as much. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, I, I, mean, I guess you know there's a bit of comic news. Um, one thing that I'm I'm really excited about is Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, and one one reason I'm excited is that that sounds crazy. It it sounds like it's going to be weird and exciting, but I think the main reason I'm excited is because Brian Bucciolato is writing it. So as you familiar he, he was on i think he, i had him on all did i only have him on once the show but you know he was a pretty much a mainstay at a super supermassive podcast that i did back in the day so that, that's exciting so dc comics and legendary comics are teaming up to you know bring the monsterverse and the dc universe together so that's that's gonna gonna be nuts greg capullo is kind of going back to marvel he's gonna be doing covers i think they announced a wolverine cover and a deadpool cover so that that'll be cool to to see him doing some Marvel characters. Superior Spider-Man. So they've been Marvel's been teasing this, but it looks like it's gonna be an ongoing series. And I'm still a little confused with this because you know I didn't I didn't get a chance to go to the panel and I you know did read a press release, but I'm not a hundred percent clear who or what the superior Spider-Man is. Cause you see this figure and it it's a very lean I mean, could, for all intents, purposes, is, is as far as I know, be Spider-Man's body. As you know, Superior Spider-Man was Doc Ock in Spider- I mean, Doc Ock's mind, essence, brain, basically in Peter Parker's body and everything like that. But Doc Ock now, obviously, is in Doc Ock's physique, you know. And what this the story is, is there's going to be a new Doc Ock that is out for revenge against Doc Ock against otto and i believe spider-man so i don't know if she's involved with that but then i'm looking at this figure it's like i don't think that's a woman's body because you know again it's very slim and you know spider-man sometimes looks you know kind of not necessarily petite but but the, but the main thing is this is an ongoing series so it's gonna be by dan slott and, and mark bagley so what does that mean for the spider-man series is the spider-man series ending because you know unless Dan Slott will still be writing and someone else will be drawing it besides Mark so we'll have to see Marvel also announced a new Punisher I don't know how I feel about this so we're gonna get some new guy Joe Garrison and I think that they're basically teasing new new person same like mission or something like that so someone else basically looking to punish villains I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, David Pepos, I think that's his his name is 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 writing it, and and I've been impressed with as you know. Uh, I'll talk about the Moon Knight series that you know he he wrote. I think it was this week, right? So we'll we'll see how, how that goes. Um, I think that was all the comic book news. It was weird. I've seen some other. News pop up like Andor season two has halted production because writer strike. Is like, did that just happen? I guess because of where they're filming, they're going to try to do as much as they can with non SAG union actors, because like actors in Britain or whatever, you know, they're in a different union, so they can still work, they can still do stuff, and so they're going to try to do as much as they can with others. And I think there's. Was it, it might have been like House of the Dragon or something else that was like still able to work. So they're going to see what they can do. Uh, I, I guess uh, Sandman Season 2 also halted production. But I feel like this is stuff that probably happened before. Maybe I'm just slow to catching on to this. Uh, there was a new trailer for The Marvels. And uh, I guess there's some new footage here. You know, it, it gets to the point where... I you know, maybe because I, I don't like over I analyze everything so it's like wait did we see this already what's new so I mean and and some parts are like expanded scenes you know stuff that we've seen in the first trailer but then like a different angle or just you know same scene but a different part of the scene so but I like I I've said before it's like I I cannot wait to to see that so, oh going back to delays apparently I, th- I think Variety reported this that Warner Brothers. Is considering is possibly considering delaying Dune two because of of the strike. It's it's not clear if this. I think there's like some conflicting reports that they were going to or they're not going to. And Warner Brothers hasn't commented on this. And was it Dune? But there's something that Warner Brothers and someone else have to agree in a new date. I'm I'm trying to think. Was that Dune? Because who's who's producing or who what company is working with that it's that's not legendary is it no i don't remember but if they do you know they basically warner brothers and this other production studio has to agree on a date and you know that's another thing but we'll see and then um there's also they're talking about like maybe aquaman 2 is going to (laughs) get another new release date so it's it's hard to say because the, the other thing is like blue beetle I guess apparently they were considering delaying that, but then they're like, eh, we're not going to delay it. We're, just, we're still going to release it." I think that is is a mistake there, and you know I've been thinking about that because at the the DC booth at, at Comic Con, you know they have Blue Beetles costume there, and, and it looks cool. You know I I, I posted it I, I think on my Instagram and my TikTok, and I, I'm thinking you know this movie's coming out soon, you know in August there's going to be no promotion for it. You know, we'll, we'll get, you know, TV you know spots or whatever trailers, but you, know you have no talk shows, you have no interviews, no, you know, red carpet, nothing. So I feel that that's really going to hurt this movie because not, you know, your, your general audience doesn't know who blue beetle is. And it'd be different. Like if you're going to put out like a Batman movie, People know who that is. You know, any like existing, you know, hardcore, familiar character. I think could do okay. I, I feel like the Flash suffered because of of you know some of the the writer strike. If they're gonna release Blue Beetle without any, no one able to promote it, and I mean that would suck. The the, the guy that I. I don't know how you say his name, but man, I would be so bummed if if I was playing this new you know superhero character, and by new I mean in terms of movie. He, he can't even talk about it now. He he can't talk about like, you know, what was it like, you know, putting on the suit or seeing yourself in a suit and doing you know, man, I I really hope, I one I hope it's a good movie, and two I hope it it does well because. You know, and not just because you know he's a, a Latino character, but I just I don't know, I, I feel like the the future of you know this, this franchise could suffer because of the, the strike, and and you know, that's gonna that'll be a real bummer. DC is going to be releasing a four K version of Mask of the Phantasm, which a lot of people consider like the best Batman movie. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's the best, I, but obviously it's, it's awesome. It's been a while since I watched it, uh, and by a while, just like a few years, so I should watch it again. There was going to be a live-action He-Man movie at Netflix. That I remember him talking about it. I forget who was involved with it, but it's not happening anymore. Uh, apparently, it, it, and it's not really clear why it's not happening, you know, first people were speculating, it's like, oh, it's probably the cost, because, you know, there's, there's you know, costs of bringing it over, acquiring the rights, and, you know, it's stuff that pre-production, but then they're like, no, it's not the cost, and, you know, there's like saying, well, Netflix already, you know, they owe all this money and, you know, whatever, and but they're saying, no, that's not the reason. I think doing a He-Man live-action movie could be tricky, and it probably would be costly, it would be expensive to do that, and, it's hard to say how it would would do because, I, I I people I don't know if they would embrace it so much. I mean I don't can you do people want a He Man a live action He Man franchise? Maybe I I don't know. I mean I, I really don't know because I I don't know how people are feeling about the animated show because it's you know the the Tila show that we have and then you had that other version of He Man which I didn't check that one out. So the Masters Universe or whatever it was. So I really don't know. And then uh, the last bit of news, I'm trying to go a little little quick with this because when I'm rec- recording right now, I feel like I have so much still to do. The Lando series that was announced w- w- forever ago, the Disney Plus series, apparently it's still happening. There just has, hasn't been any movement on it. and And I guess it was because of scheduling and... You know, and, and there's, you know, there's only so many TV shows that Lucasfilm or Disney or, you know, are, they're, that they're going to work on. You know, yeah, they're doing Andor, but, you know, they, they were doing that as a, as a two-season, you know, two-season at once, kind of. And uh, so what other Star Wars? I mean, if, if like, I don't know. I, I still want Solo, too. But, you know, a lot of people like Lando. So, we'll see. We'll also see what else is going to happen because that, I think... I'm sure I've missed some news. That is the news for the week. All right, with comic books, uh, guess what? Battle Chasers number 11 came out. So I never read 10. I should have read 10. I have 10. I should read 10. It was a new story arc, so I'm assuming it's new reader-friendly. I don't know, but 11 came out. There's that. I I actually I just paused because I realized I didn't read Mark Miller's The Big Game. So Mark Miller, Pepe Larraz. The comic event of the summer is here. Okay, this is so top secret we can't even show you the main cover. Is that the main cover now? Because it spoils something massive. Just trust us when we say it's not. This is going to be the comic book event of 2023, and it's not what you're expecting. Does a crossover really go that wide? Yes, it does. This they must have showed the, the cover here. So it, it, it says, "Big uh, Game pulls together Kick-Ass, Kingsman, Nemesis, the Magic Order, and all the Miller World franchises into one special event." And they do that. You know, they have like Jupiter's Legacy, they have Nemesis, they have a uh, Starlight even. And I don't know if this is a spoiler, but Starlight. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, Starlight. You know, Prodigy, The Ambassadors. Uh, Kick-Ass, you know, they, they reference Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl. And uh, we actually see Dave Lew, Lewinsky, is that his name? Uh, which is interesting. I won't say what he, because, you know, he's no longer, uh, didn't he, he became a police officer after that. But it's like, what, what's he doing now? So it's, it's kind of interesting. And uh, basically what, what the premise is, is like a bunch of bad guys are getting together and they want to basically destroy, kill everyone. So um, there's you know there's a lot of setup and you know kind of showing us where the different heroes are and everything and um, so yeah it's uh, it, it's going to be crazy so it, it's I, I'm I'm excited for that we had <laughs> I hate Fairyland seven so basically the this is a king of Fairyland or some he's a bad guy he he, he wants to get rid of Gert. And he's like, the only one that can do that is Gert herself. So he pulls different versions of Gert. I don't think they're necessary from the timeline. They must be from alternate dimension or multiverse or something like that. So it's like, it's going to be Gert versus a bunch of Gert's. And, um, cause he he's promised whoever, you know, he's promised, I don't know if he promised all of them or maybe just who, I don't remember, whoever, Defeats Gert will get to go home. So that's their incentive. And when they do meet up, they're like, wait, you went home? How'd you get home? And she's like, yeah. And so, yeah, and it it gets Hugely messy. So it's, it's just crazy. Uh There's an Impact Winter book and I'm trying to remember if i I'm trying to think what there was. I know there was there a comic before or was it an audio? I know there's the audible series, right? I feel like I've read s- a comic before. Cause there's this, one. I started reading this comic and I'm like, I don't really know what, what's going on here. Uh, and it says here hundreds of years before a comet hit earth and created a cold, dark world ru- ruled by vampires. See, I don't think I listened to an audible. I think it was a comic. Or maybe it was a book? A wandering Roman centurion saved a woman from being sacrificed by Druids, honor bound to return to her homeland, Rick embarked on a journey across ancient Britain where all manner of human and inhuman creatures dwelled, but none more dangerous than a demon he'd sworn himself to. I I didn't necessarily love it because I, I felt like I don't know what's going on. So it didn't mean it wasn't good, I just wasn't really sure. Um, there's a Noctura Nemesis spec one-shot. This is weird because it's continuing the story, but it's a one-shot, and I I only I'm assuming it's a one-shot because it's not Tony Daniel doing the art. Was it Liam Sharp doing it? Cause that's what it, yeah I guess it was Liam Sharp. I mean it's it's, it's good art, but um, and it says a special one-shot will read directly to the st- stunning conclusion of the No Break storyline. Yeah, that was fine Radiant Black issue 25 so things are heating up here because you know this uh, big giant robot aliens are coming and all the different Radiants need to get back together but the main thing is you know the, the powers of be whoever's in charge are basically with the Radiant uh, with the Radiant Black they're like okay who's gonna be taken over because it's been split between the two guys um, Nathan and Marshall so they, they have to decide who's gonna Who's gonna do it? And uh yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, actually I, you read it, you find out how it goes. Scrapper number one. This is a six issue series. Uh I wasn't sure about this. Um before I read it. I was like, I don't know about this. Uh it's a game design genius, Cliff Blazinski, Gears of War or, or, and Fortnite, makes his comics debut with a critically acclaimed writer Alex DeCampi and fan favorite artist Sandy Jarrell. Blade Runner style action mixes with big emotions as stray dog Scrapper and his buddy Tank fight for justice against the totalitarian forces of a post-apocalyptic domed city. But when the fight comes to his home, Scrape Scrapper will face losing what's most important to him and gain a terrifying truth in the process. Don't worry, Mom. The dog doesn't die. So I, I did. I think I, this is an interesting book. It's an interesting angle, and you know I'm not really sure where it's going. Um, The only thing that kind of threw me off a little bit is I think at one point there's kind of like a flashback And then I wasn't really sure if that was a flashback or the present if like the flashback ended and it came up to the present I think it stayed the flashback and I'm trying to remember when I read it because it feels like it was so long ago But yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious about where this is gonna go and you know, I I know I've said this so many times it's it's, always find it fascinating when you read these like new number ones and you're introduced to this new universe like totally everything's new and for me sometimes you know that's that's a hard sell Cause, you know it's like why should i care about these characters i know nothing about and i, I think they they do a, a good job with this to you know get us you know introduce us to these characters and then you know we, we kind of see like what's what's going on and and everything so and it's it's dog so how can you not like that and again, with the Blade Runner thing, it's like, how can you not be in, intrigued by that? All right, I'm going to go over to Marvel. Um, I don't think I read anything at. at uh, the, the, okay, Something's Killing the Children came out at Boom, and I I can't remember the last issue I read. It was like twenty something, and I, I know I've said this before. So thirty one came out. I seriously need to get caught up on this because this is such a great series, and I basically have no excuse aside from the fact that I feel like I have no time. So. You should be reading it. If you have not read any of that, get the first trade, track it down. It's it's so good. Um, at Marvel, there was a, a new Blade series. So this 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 was weird because you know we just had Blade's daughter, and you know Blade was there, but this isn't continuing necessary for you know Blade's daughter is nowhere in sight. It, I'm not the biggest Blade fan. I, you know, I I respect the character. You know, I, I I can appreciate who he is. This was a this was a decent story. You know, for for me not being a huge Blade fan, you know, I, I can say that there there are some interesting aspects to it. You know, we have um, Blade doing his hero thing. You know, there's there's someone that that needs help. You know, when if you see like who they're up against, and you know, he doesn't know, like why is this woman? You know, why why are people after her and um, so it's kind of interesting like how this goes and then what happens it, it's some things it kind of takes a twist that I didn't see coming so I'm kind of curious where that's going to go uh, let's see Extreme Venomverse <laughs> Extreme Venomverse there's a it's Jeff storyline which is the only reason I opened this up like actually that's the main reason I opened it there's a slightly different reason to open it because there's like this oh, what was it called uh Major League Venom. <laughs> it's like, what? It was so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So we, we see Rock. We catch up with Rocket. Where's he been during all this group fall stuff? I I can't say I'm, I'm loving this direction. I mean, it's, it's a little dark, which maybe it, that's something a little different. So, you know, there's that appeal that it's not the same old, you know, Guardian stuff. But uh, it's it's... It's kind of kind of I don't know maybe depressing a little bit, I don't know. Uh, speaking of depressing, Moon Knight City to Dead. Moon, Moon Knight's dead. <laughs> he goes to the city of the dead. Um, spoiler, <laughs> right? So this I mentioned this before. David Pepos is doing uh, writing this, and Marcelo Fer- Fer- Ferreira is <laughs> trying it. it. This is good. So it's uh, this is you know it's separate. It's not you know, in the Jed McKay series, but it has the same vibe. It totally like fits, you know, you got the, the midnight mission and, you know, everything like that. And, um, and there's, there's some, some, some good callbacks with, with uh, just who Moon Knight is and everything like that. So I was, I, I was happy with this. I, 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 endorsed this book as a Moon Knight fan. I would say that uh, New Mutants, I'm not reading that. You know, I feel like I should be. Spider-Gwen, Shadow, Shadow Clones. Uh, this is the conclusion of this, and I just it just I don't know. It felt weird. I just I I I feel like I I really like Spider Gwen, and I just this book didn't meet my expectations or whatever you want to call it. So it's it was fine. It was better than the last one, I think. But yeah, it just. I don't know. Um, and then we have Dr. Afra. I believe I read this. Yeah. So we find out like what's going on with, um, the two Jedi, which I, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't be mentioning them Two uh, like clone wars era Jedi, you know, pre revenge of the Sith, pre order 66 Jedi popped up. It's like, how can that be when we s- saw them? die but they they pop up and there's more uh i i really i really enjoyed luke and and dr afro working together there's something about this weird dynamic and um maybe you know part of it is is there's there's definitely no hint of romance there because you know you that's one of the things that i'm i'm i i'm a i'm a sucker for good romance whatever you know because i feel like sometimes i get so sappy and caught up in whatever that stuff but it kind of drives me nuts sometimes where anytime there's like a male and a female character it, it, you know, automatically they're going to start falling for each other. And I I just don't feel like that that's necessarily realistic. So I just, I just really like the dynamics because they're just, they're so such different characters and just the way they kind of, kind of bicker with each other and everything. So there's that. Um, I realize, yeah, I, I saw this somewhere. I was like, Star Wars, The Rebellion. I did not, wait, did I read this? And no, I didn't. I don't think I did. Yeah, so now I'm flipping through it now. Cause I remember there's a dead dude with like the IG-88 head. Anyways, and then uh, X-Men Red. I'm just, I'm, this is like the, arc, arc, is it that I I'm not reading that. So I got got nothing to say about that. Okay, then with DC Comics, uh, let me try to find... Oh my goodness. So the annoying thing is because DC books aren't on previews, I don't have like a list of the DC books because, you know, they're not listed there. So what I did last week, I went to dccomics.com slash comics and they they had the new releases there. They didn't update it this week. And you know, maybe it's because of comic con and all that, but it's like, come on. So then I'm like, okay, where did I, I thought I'd look then. So with Comicsology, cause comiXology is just, you know, with, through Amazon or everything like that. And then I thought I had this page set to, publisher and then it must have defaulted out. So let me see. Okay. There, I think I have it now. All right. So night terrors, Titans. I don't recall reading. I don't think I've read that. Wait, let me see this. Um, I didn't read. I'm pretty sure I didn't read that night terrors, action comics, looking at that cover. That doesn't, I must, I don't know how I missed some of these books. Yeah, because there's Cyborg, Superman, Night Terror's number two. I don't think I read. Did I read Detective? Did I read any of these books? You know, I think that might have been next week's book. They must have changed it because I was like, I did not read any of those books. So looking elsewhere now, there was a Night Terror's Wonder Woman. I may have missed that one. I did read, I kind of read uh, Night Terror's Punchline. So my problem with a lot of these night terror books is it's it's all kind of the same premises where you know everyone's everyone's falling asleep they're getting terrorized by these night terrors these these dreams where and the whole thing the world is dark and it's it's like a nightmare. So with Punchline, it, it's not so much a nightmare in the beginning because she actually she goes up against. A, i'll just say, okay I, there, yeah this is could be vague enough she goes up against a female member of the bat family and she kills her and she's like i did it I, you know so she's excited and everything like that but then things start to take a twist against her because it's just a nightmare whatever eh. then there's night terrors Catwoman. so this one she's having a lot of conflict with her sister and um, cause you know, her sister's a nun, but she's also like kind of like a, not necessarily a vigilante, like a protector of the night type of thing. And you know, she doesn't approve of, of cat, she's like really coming down in Catwoman in her dark ways and, you know, trying to save the city, but turning, you know, causing all these troubles and and then there's stuff, she sees someone's like, why is that person having, you know, why is their face painted? It's a joker and, but it's not the joker. And then she meets, spoiler, she meets up with like Batman and she calls him Batman. And, he, and he's like, I, I never said that name out loud. I've, you know, this is my first time out. And how'd you know that? And so it's like, yeah, just a lot of weird stuff going on. Individual uh, number three. I'm, I'm almost dropping off this book. Cause as I was like reading this, I'm like, I kind of don't really know what's going on, you know, with, with these characters and, didn't quite grab me. I mean, there's some interesting things, but it's like, I'm, I, I don't, maybe I wasn't giving it a hundred percent of my attention. Maybe, you know, I don't know if I was rushing because, you know, making plans to travel and, but yeah, there's, it was just off a little bit. Um, Superman night terrors. Again, it's these night terrors books, same thing. Uh, night, the Nightwing night terror was, was kind of interesting. He wakes up at Arkham Asylum and, and, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. And they're basically saying, oh, I can't believe what you did, you know, cause he, they're saying he killed someone. He's like, I didn't do anything like that. And, but yeah, so he, he kills someone major and he's an Arkham. Some people are going to prove it. Some people are not going to prove it. You know, everyone's going to hate him. But then there's people who are like him, but, but it's like, I'll basically just, you know, again, it's, it's not really happening uh there's a Batman White Knight presents Generation Joker number 3 um i've been enjoying this this is this fun you know with, with joker's kids they they went out with jack napier's computer essence persona and then you know they came across the jokers which you know th- is not good and yeah so it's it's <laughs> that's a horrible summary of the book, but it's, it's just it, this whole white knight Batman. I, I just been enjoying all, all these books, Batman Superman world's finest 17. So this wraps up the storyline, the, story the Mazo and all that stuff like that. So this is, this is again, such a delightful breath of fresh air. I, I'm just really, really digging this. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, this is what like the new 52 should have been because it feels like, you know, it feels like these characters are back in time there's no distinct firm date, like when exactly this is happening. And you know, that you can tell that there's a history between the characters. They know each other They've been doing this, but it's, it feels fresh, but not like completely rebooted because it feels like this could be, and I don't know if this is the main continuity or not, if this is his own continuity, but it's just, it's, it's been really good. And in tales of the Titans, I was like, "Ah, do I really need to read this? It, it's it's good. So it's it's Starfire, and uh, it, it's a really good uh, like focus on on, on Starfire, and like just things that she's kind of dealing with. You know, a lot of way you know the, the way people kind of look at her, and like kind of like the, not necessarily stereotypes, but they, there's some things that that bug her, and you know because she's so nice and polite, she never really touches on them. So it, it was just and and just the interaction with the other characters it, it was i i i really enjoyed that and i think i don't know if i went kind of fast but that's yeah that's going to be it for for the comics this week okay then the crowded room uh, season 1 maybe uh, episode 8 reunion so um we're getting close it's it's, it's building up towards the end and uh uh, the one, one, the one thing that that bothers me here is is uh, it was I don't know if it was maybe it was just in, in Raya's episode, where it would tell us like, one week after Rockefeller, two weeks, five weeks after, because like now it's, it's it's like I'm not really sure how much time has passed between this episode and last episode. You know, it, it feels like some time has passed because Danny seems to be making progress, but I don't know if it's just a week or, you know, a day, two weeks. Anyways, it starts off, Maddie goes to the bar that Danny's mom used to work at where she met Marlon, and Marlon's there. So, he, you know, he's that sitting at the bar. Maddie goes up, and he actually buys him a beer, and, you know, then he, they introduce each, themselves to each other. And then Maddie sees Marlon's arm has a scar. It's obviously from the, from the bullet. And, and then he's like, whoa. And Marlon says, like, like, yeah, it's from work. And Marty's like, the hell you work? And he tells that he, a kid stabbed him with a knife, and then Maddie's like, "Huh?" And Marlon's like, "What?" He's like, "No, nothing. Just looks too superficial to, you know, be a, a stab wound. That, you know, that's all." And he just kind of chuckles. And Marlon's like, "Okay." He's like, "What? Are you a doctor?" And he's like, "Nah, I'm a cop." And that kind of shuts Marlon <laughs> up for a second. Then he's like, "Up here?" And Maddie's like, he's like no, down in the city." He's like, "I'm just working a case." Then he like pays a bartender and then he's like, Marlon, he's like, good luck with your arm. And he like leaves, drives to pay phone, calls Stan, the the lawyer. He's like, I don't think the wife was telling the truth. I don't think he was with her on on the day. You know, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, you can't ID him from the, the videotape. He's like, I think his alibi is BS. And Stan's like, Did you you got him to talk? And he's like, nah. He's like, I didn't have to. He's got a scar on his arm. And it looks like he got grazed by a bullet. He's like, I think the kid was telling the truth. At least about, you know, that much, anyways. I think the stepfather was there. And as a matter of fact, I think he was a target. Also, I didn't like his eyes, just you know, the way he was looking like there's something there. And obviously there is. He's a complete ugh, piece of crap. Um, Riot tells Danny, so they're their meeting. She's tells Danny he's doing really well, you know, he's understanding or she's like understanding why the altars exist, what purpose they serve. That's the first step in healing. So she's like, think back, what moment brought Yitzhak into your life? So then there's a flashback to the fight with Bill, the, the the kid from school, and then he's like, you know, knocked him down. He's kicking him on the ground. Then Danny's like begging. He's like, no, Bill, please, no, like please, no. And then he grabs uh, Bill's arm as he's about to. So we saw to you know, he's about to swing. He grabs him. And Bill's like, you know, what W T F? Then Danny stands up and he's like, "Stupid boy, you should listen to friend." But you know, this is now it's Danny saying it instead of Yitzhak. And, and then he hits Bill. Bill goes down. He grabs first friend, headbutts him, and then we see like Yitzhak, like they kind of like interchanged. You know, Yitzhak's fighting. Danny's, you know, they're, they're both fighting. So Danny tells Raya, "It's like it was those kids from school the day everything you know went to poop." And she's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's difficult. He's like, it feels like my my head's caving in. And he's like, and then I'm stuck in a metal box. And she's like, Danny, what? He's like, it's just something that Ariana once said. So then we see them at the diner when he's having like a Coke in the morning. They're talking and stuff like that. But then it like pans out. We see that he's sitting at the booth by himself, that she's not really there. But then he's like, but she didn't, did she? And Raya like gets up. She's like, no, you did. She's like, all of her feelings are inside of you. So how did you feel before Yitzhak emerged that day? He's like, I was terrified. So then Raya's like, so you brought out Yitzhak to protect you. In your case, your disorder is progressive. Your mind is splitting more and more. Yitzhak and Ariana are symptoms. Yitzhak's function in particular seemed to react to physical threats. And he's like, yeah, well, I, I wish, you know, he could have come around when I was younger. And she's like, well, you had other saviors then. You know, there's a knock on the door and it kind of startles him. And she's like, well, time's up. She's like, you're doing great. Okay. And she's like, and right now you you need to, you know, try to hold on. As we ramp up for trial, you know, do your best not to let the the altars in, okay? And he's like, simple as that. She's like, no, not that simple. She's like, I'll see you in a few days. So she tells Stan, she's like, This is what we prepared for. And he's like, No, this is what you prepared for. And she just kind of glares at him. And and he's like, What, you worried about your grant? And she's like, Fudge you, Stan. And you know, she's like, insanity is his best chance. He's like, No, it's not. He's like, Do I need to remind you of our little, you know, pre-trial fiasco? Because according to you, half a dozen experts, your multiple personality disorder isn't even a real thing. She's like, Well, they're wrong. And he's like, And you're gonna prove that on this kid's back? She's like, Yes. He's like, No. And she's like, I'm sorry. Stan's like, Look, you did good. Because of your sessions with the kid, we know about the stepfather. We know that he lied about being on the scene. He's hiding something. Also, Because of you, we both know what he's hiding. Now, if we can prove that this kid went after him specifically, maybe for good reason, then this wasn't a random shooting. What is important here is that we show that there is no history of violence and that the shooting was targeted, personal. Then we put this guy in a stand, we rattle him, maybe we can show that the kid has good reason to shoot, case goes from six counts of attempted murder to one count of aggravated assault it's one tenth of the sentence she's like no he needs treatment not jail his altars have you know receded for now he's like raya but she's like but unless he gets help he's like we are a law office we're not a hospital she's like okay then what happens when johnny mouths off to the wrong person or when yitzhak gets in a fight that he can't win like she doesn't know that he's dead i'm assuming he's dead and he's like do you hear yourself she's like he's not going to survive prison and Stan's like, he's got a better chance of surviving five years and fifty. Or do you want to argue that too? And she's like, he needs time to get better. And Stan's like, according to the law, what he's got doesn't exist. She's like, fudge the law. The law doesn't give a poop, you know, about mental health. You know, unless he can be integrated and come to terms with what happened to him, he doesn't stand a chance. So Stan's like, look, you got until trial, do your shrink thing, fix him up, whatever. We're not putting him on a stand. In two weeks. I just need him to sit there like a good defendant. If he pulls any of that wacko poop in the courtroom, the, the prosecution is going to eat us alive, okay? He's like, I will work on getting him a reasonable sentence and everyone will be happy. She's like, that's not how it works. I can't guarantee he's going to be a good defendant. And says so like, this is the best that we can do. And it's a good outcome. And if you really care about that kid, stop trying to prove a point on his back and take the win. So then later Stan's like drinking. He's working at a bar and the partner, you know, he's, so the bartender knows he's working. He's like, did he do it? And he's like, yep. You getting him off? Nope. And then he's, you know, he says that he hopes to get him out in time to have some sort of life. And and then like to himself after bartender like walks off, he's like, it's the best that they can hope for. Then, uh, candy makes some tea. She sits next to Marlon in the living room. He's reading the paper and he's like, can you turn it down? Cause you know, the TV on and she kind of ignores him. And then, he like kind of looks at her, you know, she's just like staring at at the TV and kind of laughs or whatever. And then he's like, he asks if anyone's come here. And she's like, who? He's like, someone asking questions about my arm, you know, anyone else? And she's like, not since the first time. And I told him what you said to that I was with you that day. And then, then he's like, you know, pause. And he's like, nothing ever happens. That isn't both parents fault. You know, that, you know, what, what I do for you, right. For your kid. And she turns and, like, looks at him, and he's like, the fudge else you're going to do? And then she just keeps looking that she turns back to her T and TV. So it's like, what a complete scumbag. <sighs> Danny exits his cell. Uh, he's got, like, you know, paper in his crayons, whatever. He so it's, it's weird because he and his cellmate, they kind of get, like, this small enclosed, like, cage where they can – they're, like, outside, but they're totally enclosed. It's like maybe like a 10 by 10, you know, whatever. And you, know, he, so they can look outside. They get the fresh air. Danny's drawing like trees and fields that he can see. Then his cellmate's like, like he's kind of big dude. He's like, can I ask you a question? And he's like, the English guy coming back, Jack? And then Danny's like, wait, you know Jack? And he's like, sure do. Said he was going to give me a chance to win back some of my money. But uh, he hasn't really been around here for a while. He's like, you don't remember? And Danny like pauses. He's like, no. He's like, wait. It doesn't bother you? And the, the cellmate's like, fudge do I care? You think you're the first con I've met who's nuts? Guy can play cards and he's good company. Just don't bring back the Israeli. Then the guard's like like Sullivan. he's like, you got a visitor. So he goes into like the visitor room and there's like some dude sitting at a table that Danny doesn't recognize. And the guard's like, You want to see him or, or what? So Danny goes and sits there, and the guy's like, You had me worried. Thought you didn't recognize me. You know, they, they said in the paper, you got split personalities. So that's why you haven't called Are Then Danny, Danny's like, you're Jerome, aren't you? He's like, yeah, she told me about you. She Then uh, Jerome's like, I thought I didn't hear from you because you didn't love me. I saw your picture in a paper and I figured you could use a friend, even if you didn't want to see me, but you don't even know me. And Danny's like, I'm not her. And J- Jerome's like, so where is she? Danny's like, not here. He's like yeah she was always good at that disappearing danny's like i'm sorry and then he like he gets up so there's a flashback you know we see sort of the time uh ariana goes to the, the club and, and and as she's like walking it, it's kind of cool the way to do it because like you know she walks past someone and then it cuts to like it's like danny you know walk, it turns into danny walking and he's kind of like kind of got like mascara on his face his hair is sort of like slicked back his like shirt's like open And then that one lady, Grace, comes up to him and, you know, kind of hits on him and tells him that, you know, she's got a tab there, whatever, open tab. Then he's in the the room with with Raya, and she asks about Ariana. And she's like, what does she do specifically? Danny's like, she was my best friend. And Raya's like, I know, but what did she do? And he kind of thinks. And we see, like, Ariana and, and Danny, like, at the club in a bathroom stall with Jerome, like, going at it. And he's like, well, um... She could have sex. she would have sex. And Ryan's like, Have you ever had sex, Danny? And he's like, No, well, not as me anyways. So then she's like, Okay, let's stay with Ariana. Like I want you to imagine her. Like, imagine how she feels. And Danny's like, She wanted to be close to people, but she hit it. But you know, she could just about get there, but then, then she would just push them away. And we see him like in a stall like again, like afterwards, like just kinda like you can see her starting to close in. And Raya says, to be intimate is to be vulnerable. And your childhood was no place to be vulnerable. And He's like, no, it was not. So she's like, having a system of alters has helped you survive. They deal with the feelings that you can't, but they're just construct of your minds. You know, they're, they're not perfect. Far from it. Danny's like, so the system isn't working? And she's like, it worked for a long time. So let me ask you again, what did Ariana do for you? And then we see her, she's in a room, she's just like sobbing, you know, everything like that. And Danny's like sitting in his bed, like on the other side of the wall, like listening. Then Danny's like, I think she was the keeper of my loneliness and my fear. And Rai's like, Yes, and your, your pain, all your suffering. And she takes action to resolve feelings when you can't, like when you wanted to be intimate with Annabelle. And Danny's like, I'm like going after Marlon. And she's like, Yes. She's you know, starting to seep in. They all are. Just your awareness of all of them is making that happen. She's like, I've been reading about a new treatment. It's called fusion therapy. It's a process that allows you to merge with all your alters. Your pieces will reintegrate, you'll be whole. And Danny's like, I bet they don't offer that in prison though. And she's like, no, but we're gonna get you to shortest sentence possible. And Danny's like, probably not short enough. She's like, well, we, we don't think like that, Danny. We see Stan in his office. He, I, I think he's like talking to his ex-wife on his phone about like money and stuff like that. There's a dude like waiting to talk to him. So he's a server and Stan's like, the address is on, on the front. He's like, this one might be a little squirrely. So dude's sitting in his car, he gets out. He's like, Marlon Reed. And then he's like, who's asking? And he's like, you're being served and summoned to testify for the defense in the trial of Danny Seldon. So he just like opens up the envelope and universe you know, looks in there. So then Raya says to Danny, she's like, "Marlin was a threat to you and moving to the ghost, ghost house separated you from that threat. But was there ever a time that Yitzhak actually intervened, actually protected you from Marlon? Then there's a flashback to when Marlon and Candy were at the house and, you know, he yells at her. He's like, let me handle this. Then we see Danny on the porch and Yitzhak steps forward. And, you know, Danny gets his, his face, speaks with an accent. Do not speak to woman that way. And like pokes him like fast and hard he's like you are bully and in present Danny says you know he's, he's like I'm struggling to stay with it and she's like okay try and see it without Yitzhak and he's like how is this helping Raya and she's like use your imagination not your memory just close your eyes so then it cuts back to the porch mom's like trying to talk to him she's like baby what are you let's go and Marlon's like shut up stop stop let me handle this and Danny walks up to him and he's like do not speak to a woman that way poke you are bully all bullies are cowards so Raya tells Danny and she's like like that's, that's good. And let's go to that night in the ghost house. You know, what we talked about, have the feeling, but try to be inside Yitzhak, stay inside Yitzhak. What does it feel like? So we, we go back to the night in the hallway when he's calling out to Angelo, you know, he's like, you can have the gun back and he drops the bullets on the floor. Then he kind of like shrinks back and then Yitzhak grabs him from like behind. And, he, like, they sink into the shadows. I think there's, like, a stairwell there. Angelo comes up, sees, sees the bullets. He's like, I wouldn't hide. So, Angelo's a drug dealer you, d- d- guy. He's like, I wouldn't hide if I were you. And he starts heading towards, like, the bedroom. And then you see, like, Danny, you know, dark Yitzhak. Danny emerges from the shadows. Raya asks again, she's like, how did Yitzhak feel? Strong? And he's like, he feels competent. So then he, Annabelle's screaming when Angela goes you know, after her in Danny's closet. And then Danny Yitzhak heads towards him, pulls Angela away from her, throws him into the hall, punches him, boom, 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 like six or seven times, pulls out the gun. He's like, look at you. And Angela's like, please. So Danny picks up Yitzhak, Danny whatever, picks up the bullet. This is what you want. Who is bitch now? And he's like, no, 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 please. Annabelle's like watching from the, from the bedroom. She gets even more startled when he loads up the gun and cocks it. Who is bitch now, huh? No, no, no! Bam! And Annabelle lets out like a little shriek. And then, then you, you know, you see Danny's still holding the gun out. You are a bitch. And he's like, did you piss yourself? And he's like, run. So Danny gets X like standing there, like breathing heavy, whatever. Dennis, then you, you can tell Danny just returns because he just kind of his shoulders slump a little bit. He, like, drops a gun. And he goes in and checks on, on Annabelle. He's like, oh, you're okay. No one's going to hurt you. And she's like, get away from me, whatever. And, and she runs out. So Danny says right he, he's like, it was me, Annabelle. She was afraid of me. So then it's another day, What another whatever. Danny is carrying food in the cafeteria. He's sitting and eating. Then this big guy calls him from another table. He's like, hey, 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 kid. He's like, you're the one who does those voices, right? And he's like, come on, come on. So he's like, do one for us. And you you can hear like other people are, are kind of like like egging him on or cheering him on or whatever. We want to see the freak show, freak boy. And then, you know, Tanny just kind of turns back to his food. And he's like, you won't even know, you won't even know, which I don't know what that means. And then he like throws an apple or orange or something like that. It hits like Danny in the back. And luckily there's a guard, you know, he sees it. He goes up to the guy, yells at him. He's like, cut it out. He's like, eat your food. And, and Danny's like, he was holding like like a muffin or just a biscuit or something like that. And he's like squeezing it tight. And both of his, his fists are just like starting to shake and everything is just clenching him. And it's like, oh crap, he's gonna turn. It's like, what is he gonna do? There's no yitzhak, but what he's about to do something. The guard's right there, but then he relaxes his grip. And it's, it's like, so it's but then you wait a second. It's like, all right, is this still Danny? Or is it he's about to, you know, jump up? It's it was still Danny, because then it cuts the next scene. So Danny's visited by Jerome again, and Jerome, he's like, I hope it's okay me coming back. Danny's like, it's okay. He's like, I guess I just don't really know what you want. So Jerome's like, I wasn't very sensitive, uh, to how hard this must be, he holds out his hand. He's like, Jerome, nice to meet you. Uh, nice, to meet, you know, nice to meet you, Danny. And Danny like looks at his hand, shakes it. He's like, it's nice to meet you. He's like, I've heard a lot about you. And he's like, all favorable, I hope. And Danny's like, mostly. He me kind of chuckle. And he's like, well, we had our ups and downs, but the ups made it, the downs worth it, at least for me. And Danny's like, no, you know for her too, at, at least I think so anyways. And Jerome's like, thanks. He's like, know how we met? Danny just like shakes his head. He's like, The first time I see her, she's at, at the club. She's giving poop to this a hole at the bar. And so I go over, ask her if she wants any help. Next thing I know, she's bitching me out, saying that she's not some, you know, princess. You know, she can fight her own battles. And Danny's like, Yeah, she can jerome says so i tell her i was only trying to help and she's like if you really want to help you know, that i'd get her on the dance floor next thing i know we're moving together like we're two halves of the same person and he's like it's, it's rare finding someone who understands your movement like that and we see like flashes of the memory ariana and it, like it you know changes between her and, and and danny he's like that was us we understood each other from that first night and danny's like well i can't dance for poop so they both laugh and jerome's like i'm sure you got some moves in there somewhere and Danny's like, apparently I do. I have all these skills hidden away in my subconscious. He's like, you must think I'm crazy. And Jerome's like, no. It's like, I'm thinking you must be lonely. And Danny's like, if if I don't go to jail, there's a treatment, a therapy to help me figure out how I can become all of them. And Jerome's like, and how many are there? And Danny's like, a bunch. They both laugh. And Jerome's like, whoo-wee. It's like, my mom always said I knew how to pick them. And Danny's like, ouch. Jerome's like, in for a penny, in for a pound. And then Danny's like, Ariana used to say that. And he's like, yeah, I learned it from her and from you. And Danny's like, what if I don't like who I become, you know, after the therapy? And Jerome's like, I spent my whole life trying to get right, you know, who I am, black man, gay man, brave man, coward, troublemaker, peacemaker. It's like, turns out I'm all of them. Now, it doesn't make it easier. I've been beat up, spit on, kicked out of every place you can imagine, but I know who I am, and no one can take that from me. Ariana knew who she was. And she was proud of it. That's in you. That's a part of you. She is a part of you. And do what the rest of us have to do. You take the good parts of yourself, and you love them. And the bad, you, you just try to make them better, the best we can, can do. And Danny's like, I can see why she liked you. And Jerome's like, are you flirting with me? And Danny's like, what? He's like, no, Jerome laughs. He's like, relax, man. He's like, I'm kidding. <laughs> so R- Raya goes home. She listens to messages. Her ex is like, like, oh, no, I'm meddling. But Martin says that you've been missing class. He's like, you know, you could be risking the whole 10-year situation. And she's like, fudge you, Greg. <laughs> so then back with Danny. She's like, so why London? Why did Why did you go to London? And Danny's like, because Yitzhak gave me the guidebook and told me to? She's like, no, there's no Yitzhak. And Danny's like, I don't know why. He's like, "Why don't you tell me what you think?" And she's like, "I think I want coffee. You want coffee?" So she gets up. She's like, "Here's what I think." And she goes to guard. She's like, "I think that despite their best efforts to protect you, the alters were putting you in more and more dangerous, you know, positions." So she has the guard, "She's gonna get two cups of coffee." And Danny's like, "Why?" She's like, "Like I said, the illness is degenerative. The alters can become erratic at certain points. For some people, the configuration may begin to fail the host." danny's like so the alters were ultimately there to protect me and now they're hurting me she's like the per- system isn't perfect no matter how sophisticated it is it's still a disconnection from reality disassociation takes a tremendous amount of energy to maintain and danny's like and everything that happened to my mind is because of what Marlon did to adam and she's like you tell me and danny's like wait what are you saying that he did something to me that i don't remember you, you, you think he did something to me too? Is that what you're saying? And Ryan's just you know Ryan's just like staring, not, not, not asking. So I think what we haven't touched on yet, what they haven't touched on yet, is the story of Adam, because I'm pretty sure there is no Adam. I think that's something that he has he made up from, because he probably had a lonely childhood, so he always made up. And no, we didn't. did. Do we see that before? Do we get clarification? I mean, there's a the whole thing with the bus was kind of weird and everything like that. So I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's it's, got to be. There's no Adam. But what the heck happened to Adam? Why isn't Adam there anymore? Maybe it was just, it was just too much, you know, with, with Marlon. But I don't think Danny realizes that. He knows the others are real. But And so she's like, she changes the subject. And she's like, we're in London. She's like, I want you to feel your way through that. And he's just like, okay. He's like, Ariana was gone. I was wanted by the police. I needed help. And she's like, so what did you do? Apparently, I sent myself to go find my dad. There's a knock on the door with the coffee. And she's like, a a version of your father that you imagined when you were a boy, maybe? He's like, a father who would rescue me? And she's like, what little boy hasn't hoped for that? Danny's like, Jack said everything that I wanted to hear. And she's like, Jack couldn't give you your real father, but he could give you the next best thing, fatherly love. I think that maybe you created Jack as a kind of self-rescue. What was it uh, he said to you? He said, you have to go back and face the music, Danny boy. So flashback to Jack um, when he's in the meeting room, when Raya walks in and she's like, good to see you, Jack. And she's like, your reluctance to being here, not notwithstanding. Danny's clearly in a lot of trouble and I'm hoping that you can help me. And we see Danny is like talking English accent. Well, I made him come back to I? told him to face the music. So Danny's like, So I sent myself to London to go and find my imaginary father, only to fail, and then send myself back to turn myself in? That doesn't make any sense. Raya says, It makes emotional sense. Your instinct after the shooting was to run away, and Yitzhak helped you do that. And then you came back to reclaim your life and face what you had done. Jack sent you back. He's like, that's fudging crazy. Although, I guess that is kind of the point. She says, Your feelings are normal, Danny. It's the way that you've learned to express, you know, them through entirely different people. That's unique here, he says. You know, it's quicker to just say crazy, and she's like, "Drink your coffee." So Marlon, well, he walks up to Patricia, the, the DA, outside, the, you know, the courthouse or something like that. He's like, uh, he's like, I understand uh, you're prosecuting the Danny Sullivan case, and she's like, "Yes, I am," and he's like, uh, "He's my stepson," and she's like, "Oh, can we talk inside?" Stan shows up at his office. Lady gives him a folder from the DA. There's like three sheets in there. He tries calling someone with busy signal. He like, slams the phone down. So it's like not sure like what the heck that was about, but can't be good. Raya says, "Danny, she's like you don't remember meeting either one of them, Mike and Johnny." He's like, "No, I guess it was it was like they were always just there." And she says, "The way they present to the world, they seem most like you. Would would you say that's true?" Yeah, I guess sure. Flashback of them, you know, going to buy the pop from Angela the first time. Soraya says, "So unless someone knew you really well, they might notice the differences, and maybe that's why your condition went uh, undiagnosed for so long." He's like, "Okay." So she asks, "How are they different? What did they do for you that you couldn't?" So Danny is waiting for Annabelle and her her mean friend. So I, I think it was Mike, and he gives her directions to the ghost house, you know, for the party. He's like, "Be there, or be square," and he just like walks off. Danny says, "Social skills." you know, friendships. Mike was, was awesome. He would look out for me. He had my back and you know, he was really cool. Raya's like, so were you. So then we see Danny smoking pot with Mike, Mike and Johnny when in the kitchen, when Annabelle and her friends arrive, Annabelle looks at him. Then we see he's just sitting at the kitchen table by himself. She's like, you said it was a party, right? Raya asks, and Johnny. And she's like, Danny, Johnny. So flashback to Johnny doing coke. Uh, then he like, woo. He's, he, he sits up. He's just wearing like like underwear and there's a shirt. He kind of does a little little spin dance or whatever. And he's with Angelo. And then he gets on his knees in front of Angelo and doot, doot, do. So Raya's like, Danny, what are you seeing? And Danny's like, I, I don't think I want to talk about Johnny. She's like, what are you remembering about him? He was an escape artist, right? He helped you escape your house with the money from dealing. Self-medication is a form of escape, right? Danny says, I said I don't want to talk about Johnny. And she's like, why not? Because I don't. And she's like, Danny, you have to face all of your alters. They're all parts of you. I don't want to discuss Johnny. Am I not making myself clear? She's like, come on, Raya, fudge off. And she's like, good, you're angry. He's like, yes, I'm angry. And she's like, how does that feel? You're in control. You're in your body. How does that feel? He's like, good, it it feels good. And she's like, yeah, that's progress. It's like, you're already beginning to incorporate the most serrated emotions. And over time, you'll be able to reclaim them all. He's like, over time, he's like, we don't really have much of that, do we? And she's like, no, we don't. It's like, one thing that I I want you to think about when you come across things in your history that upset you, one thing that links all your alters is that all your life, they've been trying to save you. And he's like, even if they don't want me talking to you, she says, they don't think that you can survive without them. And for a long time, that was probably true. Danny says, but not anymore. And she says, but not anymore. Then we see when Mike came up to Danny at the party and Rise like, I think there's a secret message in the fact that all of your altars have been trying to save you. And we see, like, Johnny hit Angelo. You know, we see Jack walking with Danny after he got him fish and chips. We see Yitzhak cleaning up after his fight with Bill. Danny's like, and what's that? Ryan says, you see, well, they're all you. Deep down, you've been trying to save yourself. We see him on a subway headed to Rockefeller Center. You know, then we see him following after Marlon, pulls out the gun. He's like, hey, hey, you, stop. Marlon turns around as Danny's holding guns out. His eyes go wide as he sees them. Raya says, I have something for you. And she gives him a bag. He, she's like, for the trial. He opens the bag up. There's like a suit suit coat in there. And he's like, is is it new? She's like, yes. He's like, I have never had a suit before. He puts it on, or, you know, the, the jacket. She's like, it fits you. He's like, thanks. And she's like, I'm going to be right there the whole time, okay? Jerome visits again. Danny's like, you okay? He's like, Yeah he's like, you look better. And Danny's like, I do. And Jerome's like, calmer. And Danny says, maybe it's the whole trying to be one person thing. Jerome's like, um, he's like, look, I, I can't stay long. This is my last time coming. I I just want to say it in person. It has you know nothing to do with, with you, but I have to be honest with myself. And there's a part of me hoping that she'll be here, which isn't fair to either of us. It, it's It's been good getting to know you, Dan. Um, I'm sorry about your troubles. And Danny's like, I don't mind that you miss her. He's like, I I miss her too. And Jerome's like, I brought you something. He's like, it's a good luck charm. So there's like this pendant on a necklace. He's like, when you wear it, maybe it can, you know, remind you that you're you. And being you, is not a bad thing. Then we see Danny's at the barn. Ariana's behind him. So Danny, then it's cuts back to the visiting room. Danny kind of crosses legs a little. He reaches out, you know, Jerome's arm. And he's like, "Hey," and Jerome like looks at Danny's looks at Danny's eyes, like really serious. She's like, "Ari," and she's like, "You're so fudging sen- a sentimental." Danny's saying it, and Jerome's like, "I miss you," and Danny Ariana's like, "I know," and Jerome's like, "I love you so much," and Danny's like, or "Ariana's, like, I love you too." And then Danny pulls his hand back, and then in, like in regular voice, he's like, "She just wanted to say goodbye." And Jerome's like, "Thank you." He's like, I'll see you around, Danny. And then he leaves. And Danny just like looks independent. So Ray meets with Stan. She's like, what's so fudging urgent? He's like, You're Sullivan kid. That's what. She's like, what happened? She's like, we just got an updated witness list from the DA. The stepfather went to the prosecution and says that he was just trying to protect his stepson. That's why he didn't cop to being shot. She's like, that's BS. And he's like, yeah, well, maybe, but he says that he can prove that this wasn't an isolated incident and that Danny has a history of violence. He turned them on some local case. He was saying that that there was a shooting inside a house. Prosecution found some girl, Annabelle Stone, and a guy named Angelo Ruiz that can tie Danny to the shooting in in the house and that he has a history of drug abuse and attempted murder. And she's like, mother trucker. And Stan's like, now, if these witnesses pan out, this guy just signed Danny's death warrant. He's like, do you happen to know any chance that you know, they are, are not going to pan out? And Raya's like, no, they will pan out. And she's like, so what do we do? Stan's like, I'm going to go to DA. I'm going to try to plead a deal. 10 to 15, no parole. She's like, 10 years? He's like, stop. Because if she says no and me, I would say no. You better hope you can convince the mother to testify and a jury that this MPD poop is real. Multiple personality disorder. And that daddy has got it after all. And she's like, but you said that would never work. He's like, no, it, it never has, which in my opinion, does not bode well in a court of law. But it, if it doesn't, he's going away for the rest of his natural born life. So Danny's sleeping in prison. Then in the barn, Johnny's like sitting, look, looking at the spotlight. And then uh, he takes over Danny, w- wakes him up, gets up. The cell door is still open. It buzzes because it's like about to close. So as this closing, he sticks his arm out. Snap. And you hear a crunch or whatever. He cries out. He's like, oh, I think my wrist is broken. And the guard's like, Sullivan. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, let's get you to infirmary. So as they're there, he's about to get x-rayed or something like that. And there's like a a file in there. He takes like a binder clip. Did they have binder clips in the 70s? Because I've never seen them before. Like, I don't remember ever seeing them like in the 70s or 80s. I should look that up. So he takes the binder clip. And then back in his hell. He like hops up on his cot. Does I don't maybe his arm wasn't broken because there's no cast or anything on there. And then uh, um he put pulls a binder clip and he just like looks at it. Cause you know, you can take like the metal part out of the the black part. Lights out. And then he the lights go out and he whispers, just in case. So Johnny's planning on escaping. <laughs> so it's not gonna be good. Probably like in court, he's gonna try to get out of his cuffs and, and that's the end of the episode. So uh, it's 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 cool seeing these these scenes again that you know we we saw like it feels like so long ago because you know it's been weeks but we see these scenes play over again but then it's like Tom Holland instead of you know the other person so I just think it's so fascinating I'm so glad that I didn't really know the whole twist of this show it's it's just it's so weird and it's it's so sad you know it's it's just it's it's sad and scary and but uh, it's just yeah. Uh, and I, I'm i not sure what's going to happen you know and, and that stepfather oh man what a piece of crap alright then with hijack season or episode 5 less than an hour and I watched this Tuesday like the night before flying down to San Diego and I'm just like I, I knew it was kind of coming and I was like you know maybe this isn't a show I should be watching before getting on a plane but Obviously, it's different. But one thing that I I was thinking, and I really don't know how it works, but the the thing in the show, there's no marshal. And I guess, is that just on U.S. flights where it's a U.S. marshal? You know, someone that's actually armed. I guess other countries don't do that because, you know, we... we, Obviously, you know, that this has been going on for four hours now. And, you know, there's no one... To protect them, so, so I, I maybe they don't do that on foreign flights. I, I I don't know. I would think I don't know. And the other thing that got me thinking, it still doesn't come up. I'm I'm still suspicious that's about that guy in the first episode that was late. The the guy who was doing the insider tra- trading or whatever stuff, because as soon as he got on, I think he I, sh- I should look yeah go back and but he said something like like yeah go ahead and get it started or something like that. I feel like there's going to be something that, that he's actually part of this, but the other guys, the boss man and number two and all, I don't think they, maybe they don't know. So maybe he's like a numbers guy. Maybe, you know, he's like the financial something, you know, he he's a business guy, but he's working. We find out more, I, I guess. Maybe I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. We find out more about like the, the motives of the hijacking. Like, what is this really about? So I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it's gonna come out that this guy is actually part of it and the others just don't know that. I don't know, I, I could be totally wrong. So less than an hour, the boss man dude, he heads back. He sees number two with the pen in his chest. He's like, who did this? And then Arthur, the flight attendant tries, you know, it's like, they tried to help him. And, you know, he so he talks to the doctor. He's like, tell him he's gonna make it. And then he, Doc's like, Dr. Doc, dad, dude, he's like, right now he's stable. And that's about as much as I can say. Then he's like, stay with him. He's like, rest of you, out. And number two whispers, he's like, I made a phone call. I phoned Mum. And he's like, that's okay. Then he says, like, Sam and Terry's like, out. Sam's wrists are still zip tied together. Uh, <laughs> the annoying kid, he asks his mom, he's like, where's dad? And the, the prison dude, he's like, oh, he's probably, you know, he's just helping a, a poorly man out, mate. And then, like, the the young girls that found the bullet, you know, they kind of go wide-eyed when they see Sam walk by because they knew that, you know, obviously whatever they had planned didn't work. And then the lady, Bella, the hijacker, she asked Terry, she's like, how is he? So Sam asks you know at the front he's like can i go to water and then the co-pilot uh anna hands him one and then he looks at her name and i was like why are we zo- zooming in on this her so her name is anna kovacs and it's his first officer and he's like thanks anna so you know he, th- it's a real easy thing he noticed her name he acknowledges it and everything but it's like dude you don't know her and then <laughs> You know, Bella tells him, he's like, keep moving. She's always yelling. So he wasn't at the front, front. He was like, almost like in the middle, or whatever. So then at the front, she yells him, of course, she's like, back in your seat. And then Hugo's like, kind of shocked to see him. The lady next to him and the pilot, they like look at him. Sam just the magazine from the seat and starts like, kind of like, what are writing something? Then Hugo's like, well, he's like, you going to tell us what the hell's been going on? Sam colored on a piece of paper and he asked Hugo, he's like, what flag is that? And he's like, Italy. And he's like, the other way around. Then the lady next to him goes, she's like, she says, hungry, why? He's like, I've been thinking, maybe we can end this. So then in the conference room, the home secretary dude, his name's Neil. He's he's on the uh, line for foreign secretary, Louise. He tells that he's been handed an envelope marked demands. So he's a guy that, you know, got in the car. And she's like, what are demands? He's like, well, I can be there in less than two minutes. And we can discuss it together. And she's like, but what? And then he just like hangs up. So then he asks his aide to get CCTV footage of the to ID the man who handed him the envelope. He's like, "Do it now, please." Louise uh, tells the others that Home Secretary has been handed the letter and he wants to share it. So sh- she suggested he comes in. It's like, "No, you didn't." So but she's trying to you know take control of the situation, or whatever. Zara uh daniel the the cop his ex whatever. she's like you know it's like we're not going to focus on hijackers like they'll be too careful so we'll focus on the friends and and families you know look if they're on social media and she gives daniel like information on the number two's mother's house and she's like search it and you know find out what you can neil arrives they go in a conference room to read the letter for the attention of the home secretary and members of the uk government on the 7th of january 2023 Edgar Jansen and John Bailey Brown were wrongfully in prison as a direct result of this flight KA29 has been hijacked this is your opportunity to right that wrong you have the time it takes for the plane to reach London to release these men from prison and then there's like two hours and 56 minutes until arrival so then the letter's like you know failure to do so or comply with any subsequent instructions will result in a death of all 216 people on board so he's like there's a bit you know quite a bit to think about there so sam tells hugo uh number two said i called mom not my mom but mom and then the guy's like so they're brothers and he and sam's like yeah Hugo's like well, they could be or maybe you know he just knows his mom and sam's like no no he said it like they were brothers the pilot says that you know they're still over romania and it sh- they should be for about another 15 minutes he's like so if we do this we should do it now so Sam, Sam thinks. Then he looks back. He sees Bossman coming. So he gets up out of his seat, which is like, you're he, so bold. He like raises his zip-tied hand. He's like, can I say one thing? He's like, before you say anything, just let me explain. And Bossman's like, yeah. He's like, I think you need to, to land this. He's like, I'm not saying call it off or anything like that. You can take off again and keep the whole thing going. But he needs medical attention. And Bossman's like, he's stable. And Sam's like, he's dying. So he's like, the doctor you know, said that he's stable. And Sam's like, think about it. He's breathing through a biro. He's going to die, if not now, before we get to London. And Boston's like, nah. He's like, no. He's like, not for one person. He And Sam's like, he's not one person, though, is he? He's your brother. is like, yeah? Where'd you get that from? And Sam like, dodges the question. He's like, his heart's not even in this. He's like, who said he's my brother? He doesn't want to let you down. Who told you? He told me, okay? And now he's breathing through a pen, and he's not going to last. The doctor told me that and bossman's like the doctor said he's stable and sam's like the doctor told you what you need to hear because he's fudging petrified the fact is he's got air trapped in his lung and that pen is not going to last the whole flight that's a fact less than an hour and he's like he said that and sam's like less than an hour that's what he says you land this plane we get your brother to help he needs or you lose him that's the choice so he's like Less than an hour. That was a phrase, was it? He's like, let's ask him, shall we? I'll go there now and ask him how long he thinks he's got. He's like, no sugarcoating at this time. And if he says any different, someone else gets it and they will. He points the gun like at the flight attendant sitting by where they were talking. He's like, trust me, the more you do, the easier it gets. Yeah. So Sam then whispers, he's like, I'm sorry, to the flight attendant when boss man starts to leave. Then he's like, how do I call back? He's like, what button? And <laughs> Bella lady, she's like, Oi, back in your seat. And Sam tells the flight attendant, he's like, less than an hour. So boss man's marching back, the flight attendant calls and then the doctor dad answers. He's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, that's a message, less than an hour. And then he like hangs up. Boss man gets there just right then. He's like, you told me he was stable, he's, but he's not, is he? He's like, this tube is that's helping him. It, it's not gonna last, is it? He's like, tell me the truth now, no fudging about. How long has he got? So he just like stares at boss man. He looks down at number two and quietly he's like, well, less than an hour so boss man's kind of speechless he looks on at number two so neil home secretary says there's a long history in this country and it's fairly well known that we do not negotiate with terrorists and louis like can we not just walk in here and start calling them that please it's like they're an organized crime group a proficient one and he's like well the point being we cannot be seen to be blackmailed and that's the line we have to take is it not This other dude agrees that, you know, they cannot be seen to be blackmailed. And he he adds that never before have so many UK nationalists been held hostage and never with such a time clock. So Louise is like two hours, 49 minutes. And Neil's like, there's one question we need to answer before we do anything else. It's like, are they likely to make good in this threat? Do we have any evidence of anything they've done that demonstrates that they have it in their makeup to see this through? So he says that he wants context, context. He wants evidence first and then if that if they take them seriously enough that they're even you know contemplating the demands back at the tsa agents apartment in dubai the, the cleaners are still there and there's a pounding on the door like asking for for gala and so one of them goes to the door with a gun behind his back and it's, it's this kid i thought it was like a woman <laughs> asking the kids like can gala come out and play and he's like what's that mate he's like i think you got the wrong house pal come back tomorrow and then he's like close the door and the kid's mom's like watching from like across the way and then, then you know, she's still kind of watching. She sees a dude come out with like a mop bucket to going to her van. Kai comes home, but actually no. Said, so I thought he was a kidnapper or something like that. But then it turns out no, he's not at home. I was like, is this his house? Because we you know we haven't seen the whole place. He actually goes to Sam's. He goes to his dad's place. He calls his his uh, cell phone. He leaves a message. He's like, guess what? He's like, I'm at your place. He puts like on a record or whatever. Then boss man's talking to the lady. He's like, I'm not saying we do it. I'm saying it's an option. And she's like, there are no options. We do what we said we do, end of. And Bossman's like, he's my brother. He's like, your mate, you and him used to be together. She's like, that was nothing. And he's like, not to him. So she looks over at Sam, you know, cause he's still sitting in a seat. And then Bossman grabs her chin, like turns her head to look at him. He's like, and she's like, get your hands off me. He's like, he's dying. And she's like, now. And she's like, think of all the things that could go wrong. Then think of all the stuff to do with the plane, you know, and taking off again that you know nothing about that could go wrong as well. And he's like, What could go more wrong than my little brother dying in front of you? And Sam kind of like nods to the pilot and Bossman goes to the other side then motions for the pilot to come up and bossman's like, if we do this, if, how will it work? So Sam decides to get up and head, head back somewhere. <laughs> he just like leaves his seat and the pilot you know, says to Bossman, he's like, Well, first thing is to decide quickly. You can't just land a plane to size without warning. Then Lady's like, we need to ask the others first. And Bossman's like, we need to speak to the ground. And Lady's like, did you hear what I said? And Pilot's like, well, we need to turn the screens back on just for a minute so I can see the map. He's like, you know, so I can work out which airport we need to persuade. And he's like, persuade? And Pilot's like, to let us land. Not everyone wants a hijacked plane coming, you know, their way. Sam goes to talk to Anna, the co-pilot. He's like, we need someone to land a plane. We're flying over Hungary. He's like, you speak Hungarian. Yes. Cause, so that's why he looked at her last name. She's like, yeah, but he's like, we need to persuade the Hungarians to let us land this plane. And she's like, well, the Hungarian air traffic control speak English. He's like, I know. She's like, you don't need Hungarian. He's like, we do because the hijackers don't. So if you can get a message down to them in Hungarian, then this could all be over. So doctor dad in the back, he's trying to keep number two talking and, and you know looking. He's like rambling and, and number two whispers. He's like, help me, help me. The flight attendant comes back with some pills The doctor tells her to crush them up and, and put in some water and you know they'll help him drink. And she's like, is that safe? And he just like gives her a look. So it's like, wait, dude, are you trying to put him out of his misery? I, I mean, it, I don't think he was, but that's the impression I got at that moment. The doctor's kid's playing with the Rubik's cube Everyone then sees the screens turn on. Sam and Anna the co-pilot, they walk up and bearded guy like stops him and he like nods you know, at Bossman who nods to let him pass. The pilot is telling Boss Man and Bella the lady that they speak English but not fluently, that they'll be asking for permission, landing protocols and all that's pretty technical. Anna will help them explain, and Bossman's like says he's like, We're only asking. Because, you know, he wants to be sure that they can have doctors waiting before they even think about landing. The pilot says that they start by telling them that all the passengers are safe because they won't want to inherit a violent situation. That this is all about getting medical assistance. And bossman's like, well, we need to take off afterwards. And the co-pilot, like, nervously nods. And the lady's like, say it in Hungarian. And she's like, we need medical assistance. You know, she says it, even though she can't understand it, but she hears the phrase. So she's probably going to remember what it sounds like. And then the lady's like, that's what you tell them. And Bossman says, remember that they're not committing to anything. Check with him first. And Sam asks Anna if she's okay with doing all that. And she's like, yeah, but I don't want him here. And she uh, glares at Robin, the pilot. She's like, I don't want him anywhere near me. Because he attacked her when you know, he, you know, they, they had that, that fight in, in, the, in the air. But this is part of the plan, right? Because obviously she, she gets it. Um, when, and there's one area opening the cockpit door in the conference room sort of going over to crime family dudes Edgar and John uh, Zara says that they're an organized crime group working the international drug trade they're not dealers or smugglers they just run a network that like the tracks not the trains so other lady says that British drug smugglers are only as good as their point of entry and once they find a secure way in they tend to stick to it and the points of entry are controlled by the they're called a cheap site firm Sarah says, it's not just drugs. They do sex workers, weapons, and networks, you know, running all across Europe that wasn't busted until November. So those two each got 35 years and they're also ruthless individuals. So Neil says, this is where they take over, you know, which agencies, databases, holder records, all that stuff. It's like, you know, where are they now? You know, what, what prison are they even in? So, you know, so, you know, they're looking, but they're also checking the CCTV footage for that dude. And Louis says, uh, you know, she's like, to be clear, I understood that we were weren't considering this. And Neil's like, We're not, but I'm just getting context. We need to be prepared. Co pilot sits in the chair and she, she comments that the headset is damaged, so she needs hers, because Bossman and Bossman still hasn't like fessed up that he, he busted him. So she calls the air traffic control and they they's like, We have a red flag against you and they're like, Please give us your, your status. So she's like Budapest we have an incident on board. All passengers are safe, but now we require your cooperation. And she says, she's like, I'm going to switch to Hungarian now. And Bossman boss man like nods. So she, and then she says, looking at lady that they need medical assistance. So she says it in Hungarian. They ask her to confirm status again, please. And she's like, I have English speakers on board. So for them and for you, I, I can confirm the incident on board has been resolved. But now they are in need of urgent medical assistance. And sam's like doctor's waiting so boss man like turns and looks at him and anna like says that you know the doctor's waiting and sam's like and an ambulance on the runway so she repeats that and then in hungarian but she's like but please understand the hijack is still happening so she says that in hungarian they don't know that she said that then daniel and this other car they cruise through a neighborhood they arrive at the mom's place and they see this lady in a robe you know carrying out recycling to the you know to the bins or whatever and he's like oh all this is going on and she's still in her, her nightgown or whatever so the, the the bin that she's carrying has a house address so they know that's it he calls zara it says that they have eyes on elaine that's the uh, number two's mom and they're checking to see if there's anyone else on the property bearded guy goes up to terry and whispers he's like they're taking the pilots back he's like they took the other pilot out of her seat because you know they don't know what's going on because boss man hasn't talked to them about landing Air traffic control says, Hungarian, we cannot give you permission to land, not until we speak to our superiors. So Belle is like, what is she saying? And Anna says, she's, you know, trying to get them permission to land. And Anna says back in Hungarian, she's like, a nice, you know, steady voice. You must, you know, sound calm. And they're like, Kingdom 2-9, this is above my job level. And the lady's like, why is she still talking? And Anna's like, I have two, in Hungarian, she's like, I have 200 people on board. This is our only chance and the lady yells, why are you still talking? <laughs> and Sam's like, it's complicated, I think. And she's like, am I asking you? And she points her gun at Anna's head. She's like, say it in English. And she's like, thank you. So uh, Anna's like, thank you for considering our request, Budapest. We are minus 19 from the airport. In anticipation of your decision, we will begin a gradual descent. So then air traffic control tells a co-worker, like not on the radio, she's like, tell them we need armed units. Arthur ask the other flight attendant if she can feel it. Cause they, they can, the passengers can too, you know, they're starting to descend. And then Carol mouths to the girls that, you know, we're like, we're landing. Dr. Dad helps number two, drink some water. Then he, he tells, number, you know, he, the plane's starting to shake. So he tells him, he's like, if we're landing, that's good. You know, they'll be able to get help to you. And number, number two, like shakes his head. And Doc's like, I don't understand. Daniel enters the lanes. He's like, you're the mother of Lewis and Stuart Adderton, yeah? And she's like, "You don't just come in here." He's like, "You want to tell me who they're involved with?" The other detectives like, "You might want to tell us, and you know, stop yourself from getting arrested." Daniel says, "You know, listen carefully." He's like, "You know, we don't have a lot of time." He's like, "I think you know why we're here, what your sons are involved with and, and how serious this is." So he says that you know, they're probably gonna find activity on her phone that proves it. And she's like, "Please, you're making a mistake." So Daniel says, "You know, start talking, or she'll be detained under Section Forty-One of the Terrorism Act." He's like, "Trust me, Elaine. That's not a happy place to be." The other detective like looks at a bunch of family pictures and you see boss man is there with his brother and you know, their kids and you know all this stuff like that daniel says that you know all the people that they're trying to save have families too neil's aide comes into the conference room and says that he has a the prime minister on the line this other lady says that that she, she has a fpcc on the line too so louise is like them first and you know because she wants information and the prime minister will want it too so it's alice at the air traffic control and on speakerphone she says they have a possible request to land you know there's talk of a medical incident on board it's you know all second hand but there's no reason that the hungarians would lie about this and the screen shows that they're headed for their airport louise asks if they'll let it land and alice says that they're, they're talking about it right now so police officer shows up at the TSA lady's place in Dubai. So neighbor must have called. Others are outside watching. The neighbor tells another officer that some cleaners came out. They locked the door and drove away. It's like, you know, why would the cleaners have like the keys and all that stuff like that? They've locked, but there's been no answer. So, you know, something must be wrong. So they, they go up there, they kick the door open, they have guns out. Uh, <laughs> and then for some reason, neighbor's dog runs into the place, goes up the stairs for some reason, like straight to the bathroom. It's like, come on. And an officer like opens up the door, and must see the bodies in a tub. We, like, we don't see them right away, but he's just like, you could, uh, obviously, it's obvious. That's what he saw. And uh, at the Budapest airport, armed soldiers are getting ready on the runway. Anna tells uh, Budapest that they're at 12,000 feet. So they need their decision. So in Hungarian, it's like, you know, decision decision is coming. And she repeats it to the other. So lady asks bossman if they get permission, he has to ask the others. Everyone has to agree. And he, he doesn't even, like look at her or, anything like that. But, and then she's like, says his name. She's like, Stuart. Cause you know, to get his attention. So air traffic asks in Hungarian, she's like, we understand the hijackers intend to take off again. And Anna says in English, that is correct. But then in Hungarian, but we understand that is your private wish for them not to do so. Is that correct? Anna says in English, she's like, that is correct. So in, in Hungarian, they're like, you have permission to land. And then she's like, thank you, Budapest. I think everyone on board will be happy to hear that. In Hungarian, they're like, armed units are waiting on the ground. And boss man's like, what are they saying? And Anna says, an ambulance is waiting. You have permission to land. So then he's like, do it. And the lady's like, you don't get to decide. And he's like, he says again, he's like, do it. So Anna tells Budapest that they're beginning their final descent. Terry shows up. And the lady's like, it's not his decision. He can't just land it, tell him. So she's like like whining, complaining. So boss man exits and Terry follows and the lady stays you know, at the cockpit door. So Terry's like, it's a suicide mission. And and then number number or boss man, Stuart, he's like, he's dying. And Terry's like, for all of us. And then he's like, why though? We got hostages, whoever's down there, there's nothing they can do. And Terry's like, we get given a job, we get the job done. And boss man's like, we will get it done then Terry's like exactly like we said we would And he's like otherwise what otherwise what so daniel's looking at elaine's phone and then he says like you know same number to call her landline from the planes there he's like tell us what the plan is what you know and she's like, it doesn't matter what I know. They'll have made up their minds. And once they've done that, there ain't no stopping this. He's like, well, it's our job to stop them. She's like, you're asking what I know and I'm telling you. It's like, they'll come for you just like they'll come for me. Just like they came for my Peter. You know, Pete was with them 20 years, trusted. But when he crossed the line, they sent someone around here to put a bullet inside him. And Lewis was the one who found him. So that's number two. Because I came home to find his old man dead in the hall. So Terry walks back, and then the annoying Karen lady is like, is someone going to tell us what the hell is happening? And he points the gun at her. He's like, shut the fudge up. And then she just like goes wide-eyed. And it's like shocked that he's like talking to her that way. Then he goes to the dock. He's like, you need to stop it. He's like, tell them we don't need the landing. And he's like, me? He's like, you tell me. He's going to be okay. Sam walks back and sees Terry holding a gun at the dock. And Terry's like, we need to stop the landing. And then he's like, we can take off again. And he's like, We can't. He's like they might stop us. And if, if we don't stick to the plan, they'll kill us. Our families, your family. And Sam's like, My family And Terry's like, We sent your passport details to them. He's like, Why my family? So he's like, Any passengers causing problems, anyone who might get in the way, that's what we were told to do. And you know, we do what they want always. You know, we have to. He's like, otherwise it's over. He's like, How do you know that? He's like, the people who work for her had his old man shot. He went against them. He paid the price, didn't he? And number two like slowly nods from the floor. And he, and he's like, How do you know that? He's like, they were laying down a marker. They let everyone see. They sent a hitman around. He's like, They who? How do you know it was them? He's like, Because I was a the hitman they sent. And number two kind of looks up at Terry and he's like, If I hadn't done it, they'd have shot me and sent someone else. And if we fudge this up, they'll do the same to your family and, and all. Sam Nelson. So now, you know, Sam put this plan to land. Now it's going to get his family killed. Elaine tells Daniel that these people are serious. You know, they live in, on the street. You know, their family, the relatives, they live in the houses all along here. Edgar and John, they own a the whole lot and they'll send people to clean this up. The other detective gets a call and leaves the room and she's like, someone will have seen you arrive. They know you're here. And you know, they don't trust me after what happened with Pete. And you know, they thought that he grasped, but he never, it's like, I never grasped either. I don't know what that means grass i was going to look it up i forgot to look it up and they're like he's like i know you didn't and he's like you came to me he's like i know she's like i just want my boys she's like and she's like can i get a tissue and he's like sure the other detective updates zara Uh, elaine spoke to the younger brother on the plane she admitted it zara's like get her out of there secure the house you know put her in a car and take her to the address i'm sending you and she's like learn it delete it do not put it in your maps or in your sat nav and she's like, so where are we taking her? And she's like, Erica, don't be so naive. If they're taking hostages, so are we. So uh, she comes back in and she asks Daniel, she's like, where is she? And he's like, oh, upstairs. She went to get a tissue. And then they both kind of turn they, there's a box of tissues like on the counter, like right behind them. <laughs> so they go and look, she went out the back door and Daniel goes out to this back gate and sees her like down the way a little bit. There's like this little alley behind the house. She's like, Hey, on the plane. Intercom, Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. Landing, but for medical reasons only. Return to your seats. The situation on board is unchanged. Number two says to Sam, he's like, please, no landing. No landing. Elaine's like walking through like some, you know, woods behind the house. Daniel and uh, like two others have like almost reached her. She gets this highway and like, you know, hops over to guardrail and starts walking. Headers heavy traffic. Bam. So I think she's just. Killed herself. Sam goes up to the front, and meets Bossman halfway. He's like, We need to stop the landing. And he and Bossman's like, We're not stopping nothing. He's dying and they're waiting. He's like, This was your idea. My brother's dying. He's like, It's your brother that says it. He doesn't want you to land. Ask him yourself, please. So he goes back and then the pen's gone. And Bossman's like, Where is it? And he shoves a dock against the gun holds the gun, gun up to him. Sam yells, he's like, Look, just look. He, Yeah, we didn't do anything. It's there in his hand. He did it himself. He didn't want you to save him. He wanted to save you. So Sam goes to the phone and talks to the flight attendant. He's like, abort the landing. And she's like, we can't. He's like, no, no. It's like abort the landing. We keep on going. So the flight attendant goes to the cockpit and shakes her head. The doc returns his seat and gets a plane back on course. So soldiers on the on the ground at the airport are told to stand down, and then they see they see the plane pass by like ascending. I was like, uh, it, it, the timing didn't seem right, but whatever. Alice tells the conference room that the plane started going back up and is at cruising altitude. Budapest attempted contact since the aborted landing, but they're not responding. They're now ninety minutes away from the earliest point at which they'll be. A, they'll have. They can have a direct dialogue with them. So the dude hands a phone to Louise, it's you know, Patrick from the Prime Minister's office on the line, and she tells him, you know, the situation is still alive. It's like there are casualties on boards, requests for medical attention and aborted landing, and she's like, right now the plane's still airborne and once again ignoring all attempted contact from the ground. This lady comes into the conference room, she's like, You need to see this. This other dude's like tells her to wait, and she's like, All of you. So one of the baggage security staff who checked the business class passengers on K929 has been found dead in her home. The rest of her family has also been murdered, leading them to speculate that they might have been held captive so that she'd let the hijackers onto the plane. A Dubai air traffic controller then went looking for her. He's been found too. And she's like, if anyone's squeamish, you know, maybe look away now. The other dude's like, that's what happens when you do what they want. So Louis says, Anil, what was it you asked? Do they make good under a threat? I think you have your, the answer to that question. A couple of cleaners arrive at Sam's place. They, they, they're in there. It's like, luckily the music's off. Kai is upstairs and he quietly like peers down because he hears like movement downstairs. This, he sees a guy open his case and there's a gun on the top. So he kind of like backs away. Of course, he makes a noise that they hear downstairs like right away. So they they grab their guns. One goes upstairs and and then it's like, Okay, where's Kai going to go? He's in the bedroom. Is he going to hide under the bed? The guy goes up the stairs, kneels down with his gun to look under the bed. Fade to black. End of the episode. So I'm hoping, I have to assume, I mean, if he tried hiding under the bed, that's like the worst spot to hide. It's the first place he looks. So we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, so this, I mean, this, this was a good episode because, you know, it looked like, they're gonna land, you know, things, but of course things fall apart and they're still going. But now we find out that this, this crime family or whatever you want to call them, I mean, they're, they're serious. They're, they're pretty hardcore. Uh, you know, they, they the, the fact that they killed the poor air, uh, TSA, you know, lady and her family and she let them through, you know, to get on the plane. It's just, it's, it's just nuts. So, yeah, we'll have to see what, what's going to happen next. All right, then Secret Invasion, season one, probably only season, episode five, Harvest. So Fury took the president to the hospital. He's trying to talk to him as he's being wheeled wheeled in surgery. He's like, you know, this was not the Russians and, you know, do not trust Colonel Rose. And he sees a... a TV in the hallway. It's already reporting this. I don't get this. It's reporting that eyewitnesses are describing a shape-shifting alien. It's like what eyewitnesses? There was no eyewitnesses on the road. It was like in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> then Nick just he grabs a chair. He sits right outside the surgery door with a gun in his hand. So Gravick and three others return to New Scrolls. He, he tells them to assemble the operatives. Then he kind of stands over them like on this like kind of second level. So Pagan tells him, you know, he should be proud. Talos is finally, and then Gravic's like, what, dead? He's like, our target was a president and he's still alive. And Pagan's like, well, we don't know that yet. He's like, no, but we know is, you know, what we know is our war is yet to be set in motion. And if you'd had stolen what you were supposed to, I could have taken out the convoy single-handed. Then Pagan's like, but would you? You know, you you ordered Fury's death when you knew Vara would never do it. You had another chance to kill Fury today, and you didn't take it. He's like, because he has what we need. And then Pagan's like, explain it to us. You told me Fury hid Avengers' DNA, but it wasn't in any of the locations you provided. He's like, no, Fury never trusted you, and it makes me start to wonder why we should. And then he groans, because Gravik shoots out of, like, a Groot arm at him. He's like, and then he lets him go. So he killed him. He, like, pierced him and whatever with the, all the tree limbs, whatever, in his hand. And Beto, the new guy, he just kind of looks, looks down at the body. So Gravik's like, Pega thought he had a voice, but none of you do. You're faceless. You're nameless. And the only reason Fury was on that motorway was because his tra- traitor wife defied my direct order. He's like, do you understand? He's like, well, then you send so- some of our people to Vara's house and kill her. So they nod and start going, and Beto kind of like lingers behind and then, then Gravik calls Roadie, quote unquote Roadie, and he's like, Where are you? He's like, On my way to the hospital or she, whatever, to to make our our outcome favorable. And Gravik's like, Change of plans, keep Ritson alive. Make sure he knows it wasn't just the Russians who did this, that it was the Russians with the help of scrolls. And Roadie Skrull Roadie's like scoffs and like what? And Gravik's like, Show him satellite footage of new scrolls. Prove to him that there are scrolls living here in Russia and that they must be eliminated and He's like Gravik, Have you lost your damn mind? And Gravik's like no, this is leverage Rava So that's a uh, Rhodey's name. He's like Fury doesn't want to see World War 3 or to send innocent scrolls, You know or see innocent scrolls die. He's like let me handle him and Rhodey's like and if we don't get what we want He's like well, then we all do what we've prepared for sacrifice Rava, Rhodey, Rhodey and two Secret Service arrive at the hospital. He complains about people giving out classified information, and he tells one of his guys, "He's like, lock the whole place down." Then the, the the dude with his arm still in the sling goes with Rhodey. So I don't know if this is a regular human, or if it's a scroll. I mean, I guess the scroll's arm could be in the sling. So they're they're walking a and Fury grabs him like from the side and shoves him gets the wall with the gun. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" He's like, "Okay, okay, calm down, calm down." And behind him. <laughs> He dares the other guy. Fury's like, do something. I dare you. And Rhodey's like, stand down, stand down. He's like, Fury's just very excited to see me. He's like, listen, he chuckles. He's like, the country appreciates your service to the president tonight, but I'm here now. You can go. Fury's like, you must be out of your scroll ass mind if you think I'm going to let you get anywhere near the president. And Rhodey's like, well, in order to out me, Nick, you're going to have to kill me. And you don't want to kill me because you're not ready to die. But being as I'm not one to pull a gun and not use it, let me give you a little heads up. In about 60 seconds, the footage of you killing Maria Hill is going to lead off every news program all across the hemisphere. And you're going to become the most wanted and hated man on the planet. Which is like, I don't think the general public knows who Maria Hill is. So, And he's like, you didn't. And Rhodey's like, oh yeah. He's like, I did. I really, really did. So, tick tock Nick. And then he he hits him in the temple with the butt of his gun, and he he walks around a corner, and then there's like half a dozen agents come out with with, with their guns out, and Rhodey's like, consider this a preview, Nick, because if you ever get within a hundred yards of the president again, I'm gonna make sure you get the whole show. And Fury's like, hmm, he's like, tell Gravic I'm coming for him. Rody chuckles, he's like, tell him yourself. In London, a newscast. This just in: Former SHIELD director Nicholas Fury is being sought for the murder of former SHIELD agent Maria Hill. As officials investigate Fury's possible involvement in a failed attempt on President Ritsen's life, So somehow they have footage of, of Talos half changed near next to the president's car. But it's like, wouldn't this show, you know, if they have, if there are shape-shifting aliens, wouldn't, couldn't that mean that Fury was a shape-shifting scroll as well? And so this dude's watching it, and he looked familiar, but then Sonia, Sonia barges in and into his office, and he then he's, he asks if she's heard about this. And she's like, No, do go on. He's like, Well, do you really believe the scrolls could be amongst us? And, and she's like, Well, if you ask me, sir, I think they're bloody everywhere. She points a gun to his head, head, and he's like, What are you doing? And she's like, politely asking for the location of Dr. Rosen Dalton. He's like, Have you lost your mind, woman? <laughs> And she, like, shoots him. I thought at first she shot him in the leg, but I guess she shot him in the hand or something like that. Three armed agents come in. They're like, what have you done? And she's like, just showing Director Weatherby's true colors. Will you look at that? So then his hand is, like, kind of green where the blood should be, and then the whole hand reverts, like, green scroll hand. So she's like, I must inform you that the SIS has no official policy on killing scrolls. so unless you want me to enact my personal preference right now, you should start talking. At New Scrolls, Beto asks Gravik if he's got a minute. He says he's a little confused. And Gravik's like, what are you confused about? And he's like, well, Pagan, he failed us. And Gravik's like, oh, you scared? And Beto's like, yeah, maybe a little. Gravik's phone buzzes. So he gets up to answer, he's like, speak. So it's Rodi. he's like, he's out of surgery. He's like, don't worry, I'll handle it. Once he's awake, I'll send you confirmation of the strike. And Gravik's like, yeah, because you know what happens if you don't, right? Rody just hangs up but then behind gravic he gets attacked with by a scroll you know someone with a big metal tool and then beto puts a bag over his head before he can get up and then so the first one strikes him again from the front gravic elbows beto the the guy with the tool strikes again Gravik kicks him which also you know sends him and beto down to the floor he gets up flips beto over his shoulder the tool guy grabs him from behind beto tackles them both then you know so there's four of them now they grab him by all limbs they set him on a table they start slamming their fists into him beto's still like holding the bag tight around his head gravix like breathes in and he like reverts the scroll form and he knocks the four back this other dude goes to slam a knife into him but then Gravik grabs his wrist twists it makes him stab himself like in the neck he kicks another guy through like an open door he gives beto a giant groot fist punch he sends him flying back Then Gravik roars. And they're still like, uh, I don't know, it's like, wait, are you still attacking him or are you trying? Beto gets up, Gravik throws him through the door and then he yells out. He's like, and he scroll like around, he's like, who wants it, huh, who else? So then he picks up Beto by the you know, back of his jacket. Beto's like, you're nothing but a monster. And Gravik slices his throat in front of everyone and they like cower back. So it's like, all these people around there, you gotta realize that Gravik is pretty intense. Fury is walking the street, he goes into like this old like building, apartment building or something like that. He cautiously opens this door and he sees like a piece of scotch tape at the top that must have, you know, been placed there. So I don't know if that means he he had a trap in place or someone is in there. He goes into this big room with his gun out and he finds Gaia sitting by this old computer. So it's the old room where they used to meet when all the scrolls made their pledge to him. So the guy's like, I remember playing beneath this when I was a a kid. My father, you know, there's like this big mural. It's like, my father told me what it meant, but I've forgotten. So Fury looks at it. He's like, during World War II, Nazis practically destroyed this area. Afterward, Brixton became a a haven for immigrants from the West Indies. This was all they had. And she's like, is that why you chose this place? He's like, the path of struggle is steep. I feel a lot of strength when I'm over here. He's like, Talos did too. And he sits he's like talos died and she's like you can stop there he died on a foreign planet on a foreign road nothing will come of it She's like i ran away from my father because i knew he would lose fear is like talos chose the path of struggle he did not lose you cannot let grief paralyze you gaia it's like this is your time now talos told me how you survived your execution and she's like i had no other choice he's like well what dna did graphic steal she's like only a few samples Call Obsidian, so that's the dude who lost his hand, Thanos is one guy, Flora Colossus which is I guess is Groot, and she's like but he took those because he couldn't find what he was looking for and he's like, what was he looking for? And she's like something called, something called The Harvest. Fear like sighs, he whispers like, The Harvest so she's like, I need to bury my father, and then he like tosses her his keys, and he's like take him to Priscilla, she'll know what to do and then there's, like, sirens on outside. He's like, oh, poop. He's like, I'll be in touch. And she's like, where are you going? He's like, Finland. He's like, you going to be all right, kid? And she's like, don't worry about me. I'll put on a good face, which is supposed to be scroll humor, I guess. Then we see Sonya's looking through a microscope, and the couple walks in, and the dude has a shotgun. So it's the, the doctors, whatever, whatever, the Dr. Rosen, what's her name? Sonya's like, hello, Skrulls. And the lady's like, who are you? And Sonya's like, I think a more apt question would be, who would you like me to be? I'm staggeringly... Uh, versatile you know to give you a couple of examples i'm very good at being your bestie i'm also devilishly good at being not your bestie so it's really a matter of taste cake or death so then the dude points a shotgun at her he's like get out and she's like now that is quite the clerical error nigel we're gonna have to have someone an admin either fired or you know shot because this is becoming a bit of a health hazard and he's like no my name is victor she's like of course nigel's the one with his silencer pressed against the base of your skull And then this dude walks in, pointing a gun, and she's like, oh, there he is. Would you like to take a seat? And to the the lady, the doc, she's like, now from these samples, I was able to observe under the microscope, you are breaking quite transgressive ground. Would you like to tell me about it? And the dude's like, no, our work here is far too. And she's like, no, not you, Dr. Dalton, you. And she's like, my work is very involved. It spans several different areas of, of focus. And she's like, ah, well, let's focus on this, shall we? So Sonya hands her like this giant orb, the the machine, the blueprints. Lady Doc kind of glares at her. And she's like, now start from the very beginning and don't miss a damn decimal point. So later the men agents are like, you know packing things up and sonia's like well rosa this really is a lovely laboratory unfortunately i'm gonna have to torch it you win some you lose some <laughs> and one of the agents literally like tosses in a light and the place starts burning and it's because they're like in the english countryside or something like that you know it's a really nice looking place so it just starts starts burning up victor like snaps his his cuff like karate chops an agent next to him takes his gun grabs like rosa and points a gun to her he's like we'll never betray kravik let us go or i'll kill her And Sonia doesn't even flinch. She's like, oh, I don't doubt you for a a moment. The males of my species are very similar. If they're not busy gaslighting you, they're threatening you with murder. It's like, that's what all the podcasts are about. So Sonia raises her gun, shoots Victor dead center in the forehead. Rose-like screams. She's like standing here, like shaking with purple blood on her. So I think she was human, but the dude wasn't. And maybe she just didn't know it, I don't know. Gaia sitting in the back of a van with her father's body. Then she goes to Fury's place. And she like you know forces her way in. She calls out to Professor Davis. Pulls out her gun. Slowly walks around. Goes around a corner into kitchen. Priscilla's there pointing her gun. She's like, "You the one they sent to kill me?" Guy's like, "I'm Gaia." And she lowers her gun and holds up her hand. She's like, "Fury said you could help me bury my father." So Priscilla lowers her gun president's awake sitting in hospital bed roadie enters he asks how he's feeling he's like helpless and he's like how would you like to change that sir as you no doubt saw with your own eyes these scrolls aided in that attack he's like yeah i saw but the scrolls are most definitely here and they're working with the russians now of course the russians are denying this but we received corroborating evidence from sonia fallsworth at sis he's like my god Roddy throws up the footage from his tablet on a screen. He's like, "Now, Mr. President, what you see on the screen is a Skrull compound. That's Russian soil. We have to neutralize this facility. England is 100% behind us. As soon as the rest of NATO sees this proof, they're going to be on board too." He's like, "Believe me." He's like, "A strike on Russian soil that means World War III." And Roddy's like, "I would rather us face a war than extinction, and that's exactly what a Skrull invasion will mean. If you know, we have to cut this thing off at the head, and now." Gravick calls Fury, and he's like, I was wondering when you were in to call. He's, and Gravick's like, you like to think you're a step ahead of me, Fury. And he's like, ah, you're a jet, and I need rocket fuel just to stay ahead of you. And Gravik like, chuckles. He's like, I got a deal for you. And Fury's like, anything to do with the harvest? So, you know, because he's letting him know that he, he's aware of things. So Gravick's like, bring it to me in person, and I'll call the whole thing off. He's like, call what thing off? And Gravik's like, I thought you were a step ahead of me. So Fury, he arrives at an airport, gets on his private jet. So Gravik's like, I'm raising the stakes, Fury. If I don't get what I want, your president's going to bomb new Skrullos. And then the war is on. And you can bring some iodide pills, you know, because the reactor room can be a touch aggressive. Fury sits on a plane with a sigh. This dude comes in. It's that guy Mason from Black Widow. He's the one that, that got... Nat, like, her equipment and, the, like, the helicopter thing and all that. So I guess he's working, like, maybe, I guess there's no shield, but he's working with Nick. So he's like, an Interpol read notice. He's like, wow, they don't just give those out to anyone. He's like, kudos. And Fury's like, yeah, well, Mom always said I was special. And Mason's like, yeah, Mama was right. So Fury's like, feel a lot better if we were on the helicarrier. And Mason's like, yeah, you know, that's been mothballed. And he's like, a little bit like you should be. And he's like, oh, before I forget. And then he he hands him like a, a little something. And then he's like, You're welcome And he whispers, he's like, Oh, and try to get a nap. You seem a little grumpy. So Talos's body is wrapped, Priscilla places like some twigs around him. Gaia's like, he was our general. He deserves a procession of mourners and she's like, Talos was a much for pageantry You know and she's like, Do you have the offering? this so guy places a gold ring on the body as Priscilla lights up a torch and she says it was her mother's and she's like I don't know the prayer. And Priscilla's like, it's okay, I know it. She hands Gaia the the torch, Priscilla speaks and Gaia lights the body and Gaia says in scroll language, travel well to your beyond father. Inside Gaia says, I told him that he was a failure. It's like, what kind of daughter says that to her father? And Priscilla's like, the kind that intends to make it up to him in the next, the next time that she sees him. She's like, the last thing I said to Fury before the snap was if you keep spending all your time chasing aliens, you might lose the one you married. Then Guy's like, why does Gravik want to kill you? And she's like, insubordination, I guess. And Guy's like, and yet you decide to obey the order that says you have to wait around here for your execution. Priscilla's like, the thing is, I love this house. I loved it ever since first, you know, I first set foot at in it on a viewing 15 years ago. I wasn't sure, you know, he'd ever commit to calling any one place home, let alone any place with me. But I figured if I was going to give it a fighting chance, I need to find a place that offered the three things he valued most lots of privacy, lots of security and lots of guys like leather. (laughs) She's like light. He'd sit there by the window reading a book, letting the sun kiss his skin and I'd get lost just watching him like that for hours. And Guy's like, he ever get lost watching you in your own skin? And Priscilla looks at him, she's like, that's none of your business. And Guy's like, well, I I didn't mean to offend. And she's like, of course you did. You're young. You think you know everything, but you don't know what it takes to build a life with someone else to sustain it. She puts out the tea tray. She's like, anyways, when it comes to facing down my executioners, I'd rather meet the bastards standing here in my happiness than to meet them running down some dark alley. And then... Teacup like explodes, so they both duck and they dart out of the room. They open the cabinet. Priscilla hands Gaia like this backpack And you know, maybe like three or four come in, you know, others scroll agents come in shooting Priscilla, Vara throws like a flash grenade at her feet. They both get up They're wearing like vests and Vara has a, a gun. Gaia has a shotgun. Vara shoots one that enters. Gaia blows away three with a shotgun Shoots another with the pistol, holsters the pistol, reloads the shotgun. Vara shoots the other one standing outside and she reloads while Gaia blows away another. They stand back like looking around waiting and one comes crashing through the ceiling, knocking Vara down. He's about to shoot her, but then Gaia like knocks him down, grabs a rifle like strapped around his neck, shoots him a few times in the gut, slams his head down against the the counter, you know, holding the strap from the the rifle. And then Vara like shoots him in the head. And then they like look at each other and catch their breath. You're like waiting, is that it? So it was, it was a pretty cool scene. At the Finland customs, this old dude's like "Good afternoon" in Finnish. He hands over his passport, and you can see that the customs agent there's like a sign behind the counter. There's like a wanted sign taped with like Nick Fury's you know picture there. So the the agent scans the passport, and it's like she's like "Welcome home, Mr. Karowin." And then outside, he's about to get in the car. He takes off the wig, and he has like one of those mesh face masks that we saw in like Winter Soldier. And Sonia is behind the wheel of the car. She's like, let me check. I understand this. She's like, so a billion dollars of research and development and all the widow's veil can cloak is your face? And she's like, what about the rest of you? And Nick's like, that's a newer version, not this one. So she turns on the car and like rap music comes on. He's like, this is what we're doing? And she's like, yes, this is, is exact, absolutely what we're doing. She's like, seatbelt, please. Guy and Priscilla are sitting in a car. She puts her hand on Priscilla's arm and Priscilla puts her hand on her. She's like, be careful, Gaia. And Gaia gets up. So then 294 kilometers from the Russian border, Fury says, he's like, why do you think Rhodey is in charge of this? And she's like, he asked for corroboration on the new Scrollo site and you gave it to him? She's like, yes, Fury. In the absence of my superior, I'm the new head of SIS. And last I checked, Britain and the US were allies. Fear is like, last I check, Rhodey is a scroll. And she's like, what? And he like scoffs. He's like, and you said I'd lost my touch. So she's like, well, who in the hell isn't a scroll these days? And, you know, why in God's name would Graphic want to blow up his own people? Fear is like, leverage. If I don't give Graphic the harvest, then Rhodey is going to incinerate the scroll compound, including all the scrolls and humans trapped inside. Russia will retaliate and the world will lose its mind. And she's like, yes, yes, war, war. But the harvest? He's like nearly every Avenger, you know, spilled blood in the Battle of Earth Even Carol Danvers In the aftermath some were sent to collect that DNA Some with the ability to blend in nobody knew about them But me and the collectors led by and she's like Gravic. He's like Gravic, Yes, which is probably where he got the idea for the super scroll machine So Sony's like so you are responsible for all this. He's like, yeah, why do you think I came back? He opens a car door. They're like in, like by some some trees and stuff like that. They walk through, you know, the woods. They're at like a Scandinavian cemetery. And then they go go up to like a a tombstone. He's like, Only dead men keep secrets. You taught me that, Sonia. So they're standing in front of a tomb for Colonel Nicholas J. Fury. And she's like, Fury, why haven't you called in any of your special friends down? And he like sighs, like, This is personal. We, we can't keep depending on these superheroes to swoop in and save our asses. None of them have lived the life I have. It's like, okay. He's like, none of them can defend the world the way I can. A little arrogant, Nick. The only power I have was planted between my ears by a single mother and wrapped around my finger by a woman who's far greater than I could ever hope to be. If that ain't enough, then I don't know what hope we have. If that ain't enough, maybe I am just dust. She's like, don't you have an, another one of these? He's like, I got these all over the place. You know, dead men need options. And she's like, why Finland? He's like, Priscilla honey- and I pr- honeymoon here. You know, scrolls like the cold. And then it hits her because she didn't know about Priscilla. And, then, and he re- kind of, he's like, realized what he said. I don't know if he meant to say that or whatever, but then he nods and he's like, now you understand. So he, he blows whoosh, on, on the top of the headstone and the, there's like the symbol under and it lights up. So it must take his breath, DNA or I don't know what and then the the top half, like the top quarter, the headstone kind of rises up and there's like a vial, it's like some, maybe like some greenish liquid in there. She's like, so let me clarify, you knew how dangerous this vial was. So swap this location to protect it from gravity and now you're gonna give it to him? And he picks it up, he's like, exactly. And she's like, well, they do say Darwin never sleeps. Let's give our extinction a nice leg up. He just like chuckles. Then he goes into the mausoleum he places his eye next to a tomb, the front slides down, takes off his jacket, puts on like a Nick Fury special trend co- you know, leather coat, whatever that's inside. This other drawer, he pulls out a tin that has his you know, eye patch. And then there's this, another has like a gun and a clip. He puts a com in his ear. He's like, it's time to finish this. He walks out, music swells, fade to black. And one more episode. So, I mean, it was a good episode. Um, it's just weird. Cause you know, this, this is, I, I feel like this show should be on a bigger scale. I feel like that there's more, it's, it's, it is fascinating how it is being handled. So like kind of quietly that there's this huge, humongous threat against the world. And you know, people don't know that, but it's also weird that there's so much at stake and Nick's not calling in his special friends. And, and I, I get it. Cause you know, if, you bring some in if they get close, and they could be replaced or whatever. But I don't know. It just seems like there's just way too much writing on this for just like Nick to handle, and it is so extremely annoying. Such a missed opportunity where they could have had any of, of the characters from Agents of Shield show up. And again, it could be multiverse, it could be a different version. But it would have been so easy to make Agents of Shield fans happy. Bring someone in, but nope. It's it's just Nick. And I still think, you know, killing off Maria Hill. I don't know if I actually say it. I mean, I, th- I think it was a waste. I think it's stupid. And I, I get it's supposed to make things more realistic, more drastic. But I just don't think it was necessary. So one more episode. Hopefully, I'll be able to watch it next week since I'm going to be traveling a lot. Okay, then my adventures with Superman. Season 1, episode 4. Let's go to Ivo Tower, you say? So I wasn't sure if I was going to... Be able to watch this, but thanks, because I've been watching it on my DVR. I've been recording it on uh, uh, Adult Swim, but they show it on on Mac, So thank goodness for that. I was so I was able to watch it, and uh, it, it's a good episode. But it's so it stinks that there's just one more after this. I feel like some things are moving a little too quickly here, but we'll get to that. So continuing from last episode, you know, Dark, the Daily Planet and Lois is like, Superman is a liar. He dodged every question I asked him, Clark. She's like, I have nothing. This is an article. It's, it's a, a dead end. And, you know, she's just frustrated. So, and she ends up leaning on, like, Clark's shoulder. And she's like, seriously, who is Superman? And he's like, well, well maybe he's just a, a nice guy who has powers and just wants to uh, use him to help people, you know, as many people as he can. She's like, Clark, if you had powers, you'd do that. But I'm not talking about you. We need another angle. Jimmy comes in with a stack of papers. He's like, bam. He's like, got it. Clark, you know, grabs it for top couple. UFO sighting. Miracles in Heartland. He's like, what is this? Lois kind of blushes. She's like, oh, you know, nothing. And then Jimmy's like, Lois asked for them. You know, we're going to track down Superman by reading the tabloids. And she's like, there's nothing about Superman online or in any reputable papers. So maybe Jimmy is, and he's like, what was that? Couldn't quite hear that last part. And she's like, ugh. She's like, maybe you're, you're right. But since no one normal believes in aliens, you know, the truth will be in these. So then she goes, they must have a new murder, murder board thing. And she's like, together we will. Then Perry comes in, come upstairs with me. And then they all scream because they got startled. They weren't expecting him to, they're not, I guess they weren't supposed to be there maybe. So in his office, because they're all rambling, they're defending themselves and everything like that. He's like, easy, you're not in trouble for being in a newspaper morgue. He's like, now shut up, I'm about to be nice. He's like, you keep telling me that you want to be reporters loudly, repeatedly. So tonight I'm giving you your shot. Dr. Ivo, CEO of Amazotech, as in Amazophones, computers, security, and anything else you can think of. He's like, and, and then Clark's like, and the man who uses criminal connections to displace a whole neighborhood for his headquarters, not to mention the accidents that always seem to hit his competitors. Jimmy and Lois are kind of blushing. And, but Perry's like, but no one has been able to verify those rumors. And we work in fact. Fact is he's the most eligible bachelor in the city. So Kat's writing an interest piece on him and he's throwing a, a gala for his investors tonight. And Kat wants you three to get pictures of the event and quotes about Ivo from the people attending. And Lois like, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying you want us to do real journalism? And Perry's like, just for tonight. And Jimmy's like, our first assignment from the chief. Don't call me chief. And it's just for tonight. And then Lois comes in. She's like, anything you want, chief? And he's like, don't make me regret this. He's like, and dress up. It's black tie. And he's like, and then as we're walking out, he's like, oh, and Lane impress me. In the paper morgue, Clark's like wearing a suit and a bow tie waiting for Lois. Jimmy comes in, he has like two, two satchels like full of camera equipment. He's like talking about all the different lenses and stuff. He like, as he kind of turns, the bag like knocks over some of the papers off the desk. He's rambling on, he's got a fisheye lens, he's got the UV lighting, What are all this stuff. Clark, you know, he he starts picking up the the, the papers, and then he freezes because he sees one of them, fifteen year anniversary of the Kansas Flying Boy, and there's like a far off picture, which is obviously Clark as a kid. So Clark just, you know, tears off the, the the page of the article, and Lois comes in, so he just like shoves it in his jacket pocket, and she's she's wearing like some, it's almost like an anime like pantsuit. It's not quite like a Sailor Moon top. It's like some weird thing. It's like crossover, and there's like like two, I don't know. And she kind of like twirls and blushes a little bit. And Clark whispers, wow. He puts his you know, arm out to her and asks, ready to go to the most exclusive high rise in all of Metropolis? And she's like, and spend the entire night together? He's like, almost like a, a and then Jimmy interrupts, an awesome evening with three best friends. He's like, come on, Jimmy, you know they like each other. You guess he's got to know that. So they arrive, they're like impressed with the spread. Jimmy sees a refreshment table. He says he's going to go grab a plate of canapé. And Clark takes out a bunch of slips of paper and he says to Lois, he's like, okay, Cat prepared questions for us. He's like, you can take half. Lois grabs him and he like tosses him. And he's like, why? And she's like, there is the CEO of Galaxy Communication. There is Mayor Fleming's and there's her opponent. He's like, we are with the most powerful and corrupt people in the city. There's no way I'm asking about Metropolis's most eligible bachelor. Clark looks at Lois's questions. Do you have a comment on your recent bribery charges? And where did the campaign money go? He's like, Lois, please, you're going to get us thrown out. She's like, you heard Perry. He wants us to impress him. This is our ticket to do more, you know, real work. And Clark's like, look, I don't think that's what he meant. And she drags him out on the floor. (laughs) And poor Jimmy comes with like three plates of of whatever food. He's like, "Uh, guys? Lois goes up to Senator and she holds out her mic. She's like, senator whatever it's like do you have a comment on the allegation that your re-election campaign is taking bribes from special interest groups he just like walks away and she's like senator senator jimmy gets pulled away by some old dude he's like oh the photographer's here he's like the old photography gang is gotten together omega pi he's like we need to get pictures stat and lois goes up to his lady and she's like tries talking to him and then like three people just like walk away Clark tries, Clark tries asking questions for like Mayor Fleming. He looks and he's like, "Are you aware of corruption?" And then it's kind of hard to read what she's saying. It's like uh, what, what Lois wrote on the cards. Then he's like, <laughs> "He's like, I think I'm on the wrong card," and he's like, backs out of it. Jimmy's still taking pictures. And then the guys like his 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 must be his wife and his kid or whatever else like that. And Lois is still trying to get anyone to talk. She's going to all these different people. No one's, you know, everyone's ignoring her, walking away. And she's she's just like exasperated now. So Clark comes up to her, brings her like a piece of cake. And she's like, thanks, Smallville. So Clark's like, Lois, maybe we should go back to cat's questions. And she's like, no, we have a real golden opportunity here to write a story that matters. And and he's like, and we will one day, you know, maybe we should stick to the assignment. She's like, you don't understand. He's like, Lois, I'm going to go back to Miss Grant's cards and I'll take the next person who walks, who comes in, Okay. And she kind of scowls and then the lights cut out over the speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as a founder of Tag. blah, 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 all this like that. And then from the, the Florida the stage, there's like a platform that brings him up. So it turns out Dr. Ivo is like doing his own introduction, like, you know, patting himself on the back. And he's like, what a spread. My assistant, Alex, went all out, you know, so round of applause for the little people. Um, so Alex, at first I was like, is this, Alex to be Lex? Because he has, like, reddish hair, sort of, but it's not really clear because they just call him Alex. So then uh, Ivo's like, look, up, look at the people to your right and to your left. She's like, remember these faces because these are the people that you'll witness his history with as we reveal the latest from Amazotech. Um, and then Lois says to Clark, he's like, oh, yeah, this one's all yours. So this dude goes up to Ivo and... Uh, you know off the stage he's he's like the board is voting tonight he's like they won't be held off any longer I will kind of laughs and he's like pulls him into a more private spot he's like yeah that's not what we ag- agreed on the tech I'm about to debut and then the guy cuts him off it's like won't change anything the latest profit numbers are non-existence so I was like yeah you, you know you can't vote me out of my own company okay I am a and then the guy's like and you're broke so listen to me Ivo grabs him by the lapels. He's like, no, 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 no. You listen to me. He's like, there will be a grand unveiling of our newest product. It will redefine humanity and all the money problems will go away. So why don't you go ahead and keep the board happy until the end of the night? And then you hear, he's like, Dr. Ivo, Clark Kent with the Daily Planet. And then Ivo turns on, excuse me, what? Wow. It's like, I didn't realize reporters came in this size. Like, what are you, a linebacker? He's like, things fast. Like hits him in the shoulder. He's like, ow. He's like, Oh. I know who you are and Clark starts sweating he's like you're from cat right love that little lady but between you and me I'd rather talk you know mano a mano you know about this he's like I'll give you the juicy deets for the that bachelor article and you forget anything you might have overheard between me and Curtis we can introduce you to the gala's finer bachelorettes huh he's like a little quid pro quo and Clark is just you know there's like some women standing and Clark just looks at Lois and Ivo, Ivo sees her eating he's like well not her no uh. he's like no I, I meant a classic gal you know she's like what do you say buddy hmm? and Clark's like well I'd say your company displaced an entire neighborhood in a real estate deal connected to the Gazzo crime family. Is that what you'd like to focus on? Or perhaps you want to comment on an investigation into the fires that took down your other competitors because I'd love to talk about that mano a mano. So Ivo kind of cackles. Others are like looking at them. He's like, this kid, I love it. I love it. He's like, hey, you know what? Let's just escort you to the press section, shall we? He, like snaps his finger. A couple of goons like put their arms on his shoulder. And next thing we see, he's getting tossed into an alley, like into the garbage. Lois like comes out. He's like, oh, hi, Lois. Uh, sorry, I, I just got a, and she's like, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, let you back in when he's, you know, goes to the door. She's like, I mean, you don't follow the cards. You don't stick to the assignment. He kind of chuckles. He's like, and I don't even need the dress code anymore because his suit, like, under his arms got torn. She's like, oh, that we can fix. She's like, take it off. He, like, blushes. He's like, what? Uh, what? And she's like, the jacket bad boy. He's like, what? What? Inside, she takes off her jacket and she's like i've ripped enough blazers running after stories and i'm always prepared she has like a little sewing kit so they're sitting on the stairs he takes off like his jacket and shirt or something like that and so he just he just sees like he's just wearing a t-shirt so she kind of notices like his physique his muscles whatever and she blushes a little bit and she's like wow uh and she chuckles nervously she's like uh this this, this seems old he's like high school jacket and he's like chess club he's like i never played sports and then they kind of lock eyes. Then a cell phone beeps and and they both gasp. So Lois like looks, she refuses to call because she's like, it's my dad. And Clark's like, oh, you can take it if you need to. She's like, no, no, it's fine. It's like my dad and I don't talk. My whole life, he's kept things to his chest. His job, we were removing next, you know, when I was a kid, how sick mom really was. And even before she passed, he wasn't someone that you went to with your problems. You know, he, he doesn't want to hear about my screw ups. And Clark's like, wait, what? Lois what are you talking about? She's like Clark it's been a year and I'm still an intern. I couldn't even get anyone to talk to me tonight. I became a reporter to do work that matters but every time I tried, Clark like cuts her off. He's like Lois since I started this job you have almost gotten me fired, frozen and smashed by robots and she's like Clark do they not teach you how to comfort people in Kansas? He's like but if it weren't for you I'd still be making coffee dreaming of a chance to do more you've changed my life for the better lois in every possible way and she's like thank you she's like i've been feeling off lately and this means a lot and clark's like actually there's something i've been wanting to say something i i need to tell you and he's got his hands by his glasses like is he about to take his glasses off And he's like lois i'm and then she just kind of cuts him off she's like and it's all superman's fault and it's like Whoa. She's like, I know that guy is hiding something and I hate being lied to, you know, it's like it's drawing me off Ugh. She's like sorry, you're gonna say he's like, I uh, n- nothing Then they both get like distracted Uh, this door opens like a level below there's like a glowing light inside. They go, you know, go down and look this lady in a lab coat comes out like crying or something like that. So L- L- Lois starts for the door before Clark can stop her but the, do- the door closes. It's locked. She's like, ah and he puts his hand up against it, kind of crunches something. He's like, "Oh, it looks like it was just stuck." So they go in, and it looks like there's like armor, like maybe a helmet, some like clawed like gloves or something like that. And he's like, "Lois, this is the same kind of stolen tech Inner Gang had and Live Wire." Lois like noticed some people, some pieces like in purple tubes. They're just kind of floating there, and then they hear Doctor Ivo's voice. Alex, if you make me late, so help me, I will ruin your life. But then you hear, but it's still a prototype and short term wear because of the control aggression in the test groups. He's like, oh my God, at what point did it seem like a conversation, Alex? And Alex sighs. He's like, when you started talking to me, so then like, he's like, the board's against me. The baby reporter humiliated me. And so now he's wearing like the armor part, like over his torso. He's like, but with this, I'll shut everybody up now. So he gets on this platform, it rises him up, but they're like on the ground floor. So I don't know if it takes him all the way up to the top of the building. So he comes back out on stage and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for you to see the future. I present the Parasite 1.0 armor expands like kind of like liquid over the rest of his body and he's like standing a little taller he's like we live in dangerous times metropolis was the safest city in america now we're in the midst of a crime wave like nothing before and then there's superman a guy who claims he just wants to help but can we really trust a stranger to help us for free of course we can't the only person you can trust is yourself and now with the parasite you can become your own superman but don't take my word for it let's get a volunteer how about you his helmet goes on he, like, kind of disappears and dashes over to Curtis, his, his, uh, the guy talking about the board. And he lifts him up and grabbing him by, like, the, the front of his shirt. And he, like, smashes him through a windows, like, dangling him outside. Because they're, they're, like, now we see it they're really high up. Guests start, like, screaming, yelling, and running. Lois and Clark enter just at that point and see what's going on. Clark darts out. And Jimmy comes up. was like, Lois, where's Clark? I thought he was with you. And she's like, what do you mean? He's right here. And she's like, he has gone. She's like, Clark? And then the metal door slides, and them and the remaining guests are trapped inside this, this big banquet room. For some reason, there's some helicopters outside. I don't know if it's just coincidence or whatever. And Ivo's like, this is taking too long. Let's you know speed things up. So he lets go of Curtis. He drops him. Clark exits into the alley, and he pulls open his shirt. But it's like he wasn't wearing his costume before. He just had a T-shirt on. But whatever. So he's Superman, and he flies up, catches Curtis. And comes in, and Ivo sees him. He's like, there you are. So Superman enters, puts Curtis down. Dr. Ivo, I don't know what's going on here, but you need to let these people go. And he's like, whoa, what? And lose my audience right before the main attraction arrives? He's like, buddy, I don't think you understand sales. And he's like, Alex, now. So Alex, he's like in some control room. He like hits a button. Several like floating tech things start like surrounding the room. And Ivo's like, the parasite 1.0 gives me speed, strength, and durability equal to yours. So he dashes over, punches Superman in the gut, and, and he feels it, and he it kicks him. So he leaps at Superman. Uh, Superman punches him back in the gut, and was like, if he tries to fight back, the suit absorbs the kinetic energy and redirects it. So the bigger they are, the harder you hit back. So Superman tries his heat vision, but then he puts out his hand, he, he absorbs that too, and shoots it back at him. He mentions the suit has its own power source, but his portable Amazo panic room has your back. Cause then when Superman gets like blasted back, he hits like the, the wall thing. Zzz, he's like kind of just frozen there, like stuck. Jimmy sees Alex in the control room. He tells Lois, he's like, that, you know, the show's being controlled from up there. So Ivo's like, he's like, you know, I built this company myself and I deserve more. So he, he like tosses a Senator and Superman manages to fly up and catch him before he hits the, the zappy walls. Ivo targets someone else, but Superman grabs him by the tail. The suit has a tail for some reason. He, like, whips him back, and Ivo's like, more. He grabs Superman, shoves him against the wall. it's holding there, Superman's, like, just about drained. So it's like, it's I don't know. It's almost like absorbing him. You know, it's, it is called Parasite, but it's not directly, I don't think. Lois and Jimmy enter the control room. Alex takes out, like, this kind of, like, stun baton thing. And it's like, bzzz, it's like buzzing. He's like, no, I'm not going to let you stop, Dr. Ivo lois punches him out <laughs> he's on the ground and she's like sorry your life seems hard she tells jimmy that they need to drop the cage but she's like which button so jimmy pulls out the uv light she's like this is not the time for pictures jimmy he's like no it's like not only does it take really cool pictures but you can see you know fingerprints so they see which one so lois pounds on the button so all the things the, the cage like turns off superman and Ivo fall to the ground then uh ivo sees like two shadows in the control room he calls superman a cheater just like what he slams a, a fist down on him but Superman catches it both of them struggle he's like you cheated Superman tosses him across the room he's like this isn't a game you need to stop and I was like you're afraid that I'm better than you he leaps up but Superman just like dodges and I will like crashes to the floor or probably like crashes into the tables or something like that he continues swinging but then Superman just choo, choo, just keeps dodging he's like I don't have to be better than you I just have to stop supplying you with power he's like fight me and he's like no, he's like, coward. He leaps up again, but then the soup starts kind of like <sharp inhale> contract, retracting on itself. And it's almost like his hands, like, <sharp inhale> like it got crushed or something like that. So Superman starts like ripping off pieces, whatever. Then we see Ivo's, he's like all withered up. Cause you know, he's supposed to be his eligible bachelor, like a good looking guy, but he almost looks like an old, like, not quite a raisin. But so then we see there's ambulances outside. Superman flies down with Ivo and he's like, this man needs help and Ivo kind of struggles. He's like, you ruined me. He's like, what's your angle? What's in this for you? And Siran so looks at him. He's like, Dr. Ivo. He's like, look around you. Is it that hard to believe that some people just want to help? Cause you know, there's uh, EMTs, there's firefighters, you know, everyone's like there. So then uh, Clark brings Jimmy and Lois down to the lab and he's like, all the stolen tech is, is there, you know, tying Ivo to the other stuff. He's like, once we get pictures, we'll have the proof for our story. It's all empty. So outside, Clark's like, I can't believe it all disappeared. You know, someone must have taken it during the fight, but who? And he's like, Lois, I have to figure this out. There's too many people are getting hurt. And she kisses him on the cheek. She's like, it's cute seeing you obsess over a story. So, and then she blushes a little. And she's like, you know, when I was getting ready, I kept wondering if this counted as a date. And she shovers a little bit suddenly because, you know, she never put her jacket back on. So Clark puts his jacket around her. And he's like, and what'd you decide? She gives him another, like, slightly longer kiss on the cheek. She's like, walk me back, Smallville. So then Jimmy's like, like yes, you guys have to see this. I got photos of everything. I even posted the fight on Flamebird, which um, I don't think Perry would be happy about that, especially if he's using the Daily Planet cameras. And if he's on Daily Planet Time, that you know, they should get the exclusive. Because if, if it's on some Twitter thing, anyone can steal those, you know, that information, even though there's only six followers. He's like i told you this was gonna be an amazing night out and then he sees the two just like walking away together he's like with three best friends so now he's bummed that they may be getting together but it's like you got to be happy for them lois is typing up story she's in a newspaper morgue she's like an exclusive on the collapse of uh Mesotech is sent then she puts her laptop in her bag and she's about to leave but then she looks on the floor she sees like all the papers lying there and she sees like one has a page turned out she's like huh and then you know she takes down the stuff off the murder board and starts putting up new stuff in the papers miracles in heartland and angel save something or whatever and then she's still frustrated and she puts her hands like <clears throat> down and they go into like the suit pocket and she finds a torn page that Clark crumpled up flying boy of Kansas and she thinks back to when she fell when they were trying she was trying to sneak into the, the warehouse on the docks and Clark caught her and she thinks about Superman like holding up the robot and she thinks like his face and she's like no and then she thinks about Superman smiling and then Clark smiling she's like Clark Kent is Superman and uh, that's the end so it's like um, that's just kind of crazy it's like uh, yeah, so so that's what I was saying before. Like, this is just the fifth episode, and she knows already. She's figured out that Superman's Clark Kent, unless he figures out. I mean, this is what happened in, often in the old comics. She was always wondering, and then he'd come up with some way to like. You're, that's crazy. We'll see. But it's 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 a bummer that there's just one more episode because it's it's such a good show, and I I, I don't remember if we're. Getting I'm pretty sure. I think it was announced as a as a two series, you know, to start off with. This is just so good. Okay, and then uh, movie feature is uh, so this week, you know, obviously again because of Comic Con, I didn't get a chance to go to theater. So I did uh, watch Bird Box Barcelona before, uh, or you know, early in the week before flying down here in San Diego. Uh, so Bird Box, parcel you know, remember the, when the first Bird Box movie came out, and what? How long ago was it? Is, is it? Was it? I, I have a feeling, it was. Uh, was it two thousand seventeen? Let me. Uh, I, I should pause this right now, but I, I'm not going to. Two thousand eighteen. So I remember. I'm trying to think when the, when the first movie came out. I hadn't like heard of it. I don't think I heard of it before. It just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, Sandra Bullock's in this movie, whatever. It's like, oh, Bird Box. This is kind of kind of interesting and all that. And it was a it was a good movie. It's kind of scary, scary, kind of freaky. Not not scary. It wasn't really scary, but it's freaky in in a way. Just this whole thing, you know. It, it's it's a you know post apocal you know it's a some sort of apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, or it's like alien attack. What what the heck is is going on? And to refresh your memory, because you know I almost forgot a little bit of it. So something happened and there's like these aliens or something. We don't actually ever fully see them, which is good. I don't think we see them, right? So it's kind of like a quiet place. No, we do see them in quiet place. But uh, yeah, we, we, we do. But so like in Bird Box, basically what happens, if you remember, is if you make eye contact, if you see these things, you, you'll go crazy and, and you, you want to kill yourself. And and not just that you want to, you actually do, and uh, you know whatever means and and if there's anyone in your way around you, you know they're they're gonna get suffer or whatever. So it then it all these people have to basically like, if we're outside, we have to keep our eyes shut, and that is like the the weirdest thing, you know, I. I I have such on respect for people who who have lost any of their senses, you know, people who, who don't have vision, who can't hear, you know, just it, I, I cannot imagine. And I, I'm so immensely thankful that I have my vision. I have my hearing, even though I have a tinnitus, I get the ringing in my ear, but I can still hear. Uh, I, because, you know, there, there's been times where, I, you know, I think everyone's done it, right? You, you, you're walking somewhere and you just close your eyes and walk. Or, you know, especially if, if it's early in the morning or late at night, you know, you're, you're just like, you're trying to, you know, you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but you don't want to open your eyes. And, you know, sometimes in the morning, especially like in the summer, it's like, you know, keep the blinds all closed, but the bathroom is is bright. So, you know, you, you go in the bathroom and try to keep the eyes closed. It's like, oh, it's, it's 7 o'clock. And normally I wake up, you know, during the school year, I'm way up going out the door at this time. It's like, but I want to sleep some more because I was up, t- stupidly up to like three o'clock. So you, you get what I'm saying. And, and there's even some times where it's just like, just, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, where you're driving and just like close your eyes for a couple seconds, whatever, just drive. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird that the thing about trying to do, like, tr- imagine not going outside and, and just having your eyes closed obviously it's a little different here because of the pop. It's not like you don't have to worry about cars driving because no one's really driving cars like what they did in the first movie. So it's, it's just weird to think trying to make your way around w- without seeing. And, and I know it's silly because people do it all the time, but it, it's just, you know, you got that threat where y- y- you don't want to slip up and, and that's why they, they blindfold themselves. Yeah. They could just keep their eyes shut. But if, if you're, happen to whatever out of instinct just open your eye you see this thing you're done so um there was a it you know it was based off a book i listened to the audio book and i'm i'm trying to remember how it ended it how much it related to i think i may have mentioned it on the podcast but I, I totally don't remember now like specifically how you know close it was to that but at, i'm pretty sure at the end of the Movie, I think it was in the book too, where they make it to the sanctuary, and and it looks like they're saved. So then, when they're talking about doing a, a sequel, because I thought I, I could be totally wrong. I thought that they were planning on doing a sequel to the book, like or, you know, may be writing a sequel, but I don't think that's happened. But then, when there's a sequel for movies, it's like, well, w- what else is there to do? You know, I guess there's still a lot we don't know. But then we get this Bird Box Barcelona, Bird Box Barcelona. And this is another movie I hadn't heard anything about it until, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes, even though I'm covering the news all the time, maybe I'm just like not looking deep enough, but it's like all of a sudden it's like, here's a new trailer for Bird Box Bar- Bird Box Barcelona. <laughs> Alliteration, man. Um, and I'm like, what the heck? Bird Another Bird Box movie is actually coming out? I was like, well, who's, Barcelona? I was like, weren't they like up in Oregon or something like that? You know, it's a long way. So it's it's not really a direct sequel it's kind of like a, a side you know a spinoff or whatever and and so now we're in barcelona that's that's fine that's cool and everything because from what i recalled everything was resolved in the first movie so this is like a different thing but there's a kind of a little twist here It kind of focuses. it kind of takes a little different route which which is um kind of weird and, and interesting. I don't really know, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about this and maybe I haven't really sat down and, and, and thought about it. It was a fine movie because, you know, it still has the element of, you know, being blindfolded and all that. But with this new element to it, I don't really know how I, I, I felt about it. And um, I don't know how much I should spoil. I, I don't want to spoil the whole movie, but I I guess... I'll spoil, an, uh, like, at least for, for the beginning. So it starts off, there's this girl, Anna. She asks this this man, it's her, it's her father. She's like, can I open my eyes yet? And, you know, he has a gift for it. He has a roller skates because, you know, they're, like, in this big gym. And, you know, he's like, I know how much, you know, you missed it. And she's rolling around like she's a figure skater, which I guess people on roller skates do that too. But she's just going backwards and spinning and stuff like that. And then they, they hear, like, a bang. So there's like, it's time to go. So they go like un- underground, like in tunnels, and then they're like kind of running. And then the the, the dude, um, it's, someone sticks out like a metal bar, and just bam, smashes him in the, in the head. You know, he like runs right into it. So then there, there's like three people, and then I kick them, but it looks like they're, they're blind. Their eyes are like, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, they must, I don't know. How, it, how, they burned their eyes out or something, you know. And then the lady's like, you know, we, we don't need our eyesight to you know, beat your face in. And, you know, they, they grab, like, his backpack stuff. It goes, like, scattering all over the, the floor. And, you know, he reaches for, like, a, there's, like, a busted wine bottle. And, you know, because he, he's, he's on, he, they hit him. They're just, like, gathering all this stuff. And, obviously, they can't see him reaching for it. Anna's just, like, a, up against the wall, like, kind of, like, knees to her chest. And she looks at him, and she, like, shakes her head at him. And then the th- three thieves leave. And then they just head up. And the father, he's like, thank you for not letting me hurt them. He's like, they were just hungry. And then they put on like goggles, like they're blacked out goggles. And, and then they, they go to the ground level outside. So then the, the camera pans out and you hear news reports about the creatures, you know, direct eye contact leading to suicide, shelter in place, wear blindfolds, all that stuff like that. There's lots of bodies outside. You know, some are hanging like off of, you know, express you know, ramps or, or high, whatever, interstate ramps, bridges, and just like every everything like that. Uh, then you see there's like a sunken like or like a cruise ship and stuff like that. So uh, the father, his name is Sebastian, and Anna are walking through the small city. Then they hear kind of like wheels squeaking. So this guy has like a shopping cart with like with a rope to it, and there's three other people like kind of behind him. So Anna stays behind as he calls out to them. So he says his name Sebastian. He's like, oh, it's been three days since I've eaten. And he's like, I got turned around and I, you know, I got lost from home. And they're like muttered, like, we can't help him, whatever like that. Then he's like, I, I know about a generator. He's like, I was an engineer and I know where my company stored them. He's like, but but they're, they're too heavy to carry by myself. He's like, but if you help, you know, and they're like tempted and everything like that. They're like, are you alone? And he's like, yes, even though he's with Anna. So then they like hear like some some creature you know one of the creatures something like that so they're like we have to go, so actually the rope which is kind of smart whatever the rope is on a, a spool so they must have their route where they go out to the store or whatever nearby and then they can just like wheel themselves back to their sanctuary, so they 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 knock or they oh, there's like two double doors so and there's like a sign that says like you. Don't open the other door to, you know, don't both, both doors at once. You have to close one and whatever. So then, uh, they take off the blindfolds and he takes off the goggles and then they see that he's like beat up. And one guy's like, Oh, you should see a doctor. And he's like, you have a doctor. He's like, yeah, we also have a carpenter and mechanic. He's like, we don't really have a cook. He's like, you, you know, do you have a cook? He's like, our, our, who we have, must've learned how to cook in jail or whatever. So there's this doctor and he, she's like, like, Oh, you need stitches. And she's like, you know, what's sewing up. She's, but she's like, he, he says a secret. I forgot what it was. It, I, I forgot what it was. And, and she's like, well, I have a secret too. She's like, I used to be a dentist or whatever. They feed him and all this. And it's like all this time it's like, where's where's Anna? He left Anna outside. And like, what is his plan? Is he going to like rob them? Because when he's in the, with the doctor, he like looks at this box. And I'm like, is there like drugs in there? Like wh- what is he he looking at? And then, as they're eating, Sebastian's staring at this this guy. His his like eyes are all like scarred out, or whatever. He's like, "What are you staring at?" So somehow he he knows that he, he's staring. And then he you know, he says he he could, you know, wear a blindfold over, it, but he wants people to see. He's like, "There's worse things than being blind." He's like, "There are people out there that are like rotten inside. They want people to see, and you know, they they grab people and you know. So basically, they." He, I think he grabbed a knife and then he like, he gouged out his own, his own eyes, and then they lost interest in him. So what, what they're saying, and I don't I, I'm trying to think if this would happen in the first movie if there's people, but there's some people that I guess are just like kind of unbalanced or insane, and these creatures don't affect them because they're already crazy. So there's people out there that somehow aren't infected, but they want other people to see them and kill themselves. So they're sleeping in this big kind of like greyhound bus, whatever. And Sebastian sneaks out during the night. And again, Anna's still out alone. It's like, what? Where is she at? The doctor kind of like wakes up hearing him because he went to the doctor's office to the, that box. There was a bunch of keys inside, so he's sitting up in in the the driver's seat, and he's like trying all the keys and just like dropping them on the floor. He finally finds the right one, and then you know he he like locks the there there's this like a, a kind of like a plastic uh, partition uh and the, the driver's compartment. So he like sticks like a spoon or something in there to, like, to lock it. And then he starts it up. He starts driving. People are awake now. And, you know, they're, they're busting in and they, they finally break the door, you know, open up the, the thing and, you know, he's, they're, they're trying to grab him and fight him and everything like that. There's like, he ends up like running over someone. They're like fighting. they have like try and clawing at his face and he's still going. Then he's just driving around smashing the things and heads for the door smashes through. And then as they're driving, it's like, okay, what are you doing? You're stealing this bus so you and Anna can go somewhere? But there's all these people near. It's like, why don't you take a, a – there's, like, a fleet of buses in, in this big, like, garage. It's like, you could take in any of these buses. So, he, But he guns the bus. It hits something, and it, it's, it goes on the side. its side. Just like, slide. so it's like – it tips over. It's like, what the heck? He crawls out, like, through the windshield, and other people kind of come up. And he's like, look, they're coming. They're beautiful. I was like, Sebastian, what are you doing? And then the the dude like looks. His eyes kinda crystal over. Then he picks up a piece of glass, slashes his throat. And then there's like bright light comes like out of his neck and floats up. So it's supposed to be like his soul. I don't think that happened in the first movie. So I don't know if this is like like the big difference or whatever. Sebastian's eyes kind of crystal over too. And then the doctor and your others like like crawl out. Sebastian, he's like, like, Shh. he's like, you know, cause she's they're all injured and everything. He's like, it's okay. And, and then um, he's like, when when you see them, you'll understand. So he grabs her head and, like, forces her eyes open, whatever. And then um, she, like, hears a girl's voice, and she's in this trance or whatever. And and then she's a- approaching, like, the spinning bus tires or whatever. And I think she goes, like, to kiss him, whatever. She's dead. Then there's a the guy with the his eyes clawed out. He's, like, crying, you know, whatever. Um, Sebastian says, he's like, I'm sorry that you can't see them. There's the dude who was always, like, playing with a lighter He's standing in a pool of gas and, and then he drops it, goes up and, and whoosh, he goes up in flame. The bus blows up and Sebastian watches like all these lights go up and then his eyes go back to normal. And then Anna comes up and takes his hand. She's like, you saved him, dad. It's like their, their souls are free now. And she's like, it's really pretty there. She's like, I wish you could see it. And he, he's like, well, when when will I? And she's like, soon. But there are still many lost sheep out there, and you're their shepherd. So okay, here's this guy. He's not a good guy. He's he's forcing these people to kill themselves. He's like like those other people that that they call them seers. He's he's almost like them, like like the crazy people that are are doing all this. So it's like, what what the heck, dude? And then so from there, it, it you know it it goes nine months earlier. You know, we 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 see he he was looking at these windmill turn turn buying things with some dude. That's what his job was, and you know his wife calls him or something like that. And and then there's like you know stuff starts going on in the news. Everything you know, people are are starting to do stuff. People are starting to kill. him. stuff. You know, he like leaves and uh, or because he's like he's like on a phone and then this guy like hangs himself like in, outside of like the the conference room office where he's at. He, like, goes outside in the street. Boom! Your body falls on his car on, on the street. And and so, you know, he goes to get his daughter. And then he goes to, uh, you know, to go, go have to go back home and all that. It kind of goes from there. Something happens to, to the mom, obviously, right away. So it's just the two of them. And then it, it just... So it keeps going going back and, and forth. And um, basically, you know, he, he thinks it's his mission to save everyone by freeing their souls. And... Obviously, well, I, I I feel like I've I probably said too much as it is, but the, the stuff, you know, he ends up meeting some other survivors, and uh, this one Claire, um, I forget her name, the actress name. She she was in a uh, Barbarian, that really cool uh, movie. Um, horrible name, uh, title for a movie, but uh, that that was a I, I really like that movie. So there's these you know other survivors. She's like English, and there's this. Um older couple, there's these two dudes, they have like dogs, and the dogs are blindfolded. And and then I I I think I said there was an old couple. And oh, and then there's this little girl who only speaks German. And you know, so they, they can't understand her and she can't understand them. But it turns out Sebastian can speak some German and stuff. And as as he's you know enters their their sh- little shelter place. The, this girl Sophia is kind of reminding him of, of Anna, but it's like, wait, what what is the deal with Anna? You may have caught on, you know, I, I really, you know, hinted at what what was happening. So it just goes from there, but it's like weird because he's he you know, he's the main character, but it's like is he's not really a good guy if he's doing this, is he? Whatever? And then there's this oh, there's also this evil priest that was at, at the, the the Catholic school, or whatever, where his where um Anna went you know he 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 there was some like some bible verse and he was like waiting for this and and blah 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 whatever so that's basically the majority of of this the movie where uh the girl they find out that on a news report that there was this one place nearby that was supposed to be like a sanctuary where they're supposed to go so it's like you know can they get there and um, and the whole thing is, you know, because Sebastian can see when they're outside because he, he's got his goggles. Oh, because he—I I don't think I mentioned, but they're like painted over, but they're not fully painted over. He can still kind of see because obviously he's not a, a, affected when he sees them for whatever reason. It's so it's it's a little weird because it it's not so much about the survival like the first one. So I mean, guess I guess that's a good thing. It's it's not just a repeat. I, that's what I thought this was going to be. It was like, oh, this is just Bird Box. In Barcelona, you know, it's just like trying to survive, keeping your eyes closed. But there's a little twist because you have that threat, but you also have Sebastian and like other people who are trying to force people to see and kill themselves. It's just it's it's a little dark in, in that regards. It's like, oh, man. Uh, so it was a fine movie. You know, I I, I can't say I, I loved it as much as the first one. And I, I I don't really know how I feel about this twist. You know, I, I can appreciate that twist is, is different enough that makes it, you know, feel different, and, you know, like, again, and not just rehashing it, the, the story all over again. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So it was fine. Um, and, you know, it, it's a it's a good ending and everything, you know, as, as things progress and, and all that. And, but the question, you know, we still, there's still a lot we don't know. You know, it's like, there's still no, no conclusion to this. It's like, how, how do you solve this problem? So it's like, you know, they, they could easily make another movie. I can't see this one being as popular because the first one was, was hugely popular. I think it got like, like crazy, you know, streams, you know, first day streams, whatever household people and blah, 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 all that. But I I don't see this one because I, I don't feel like there was just a lot of advertising about it. I I, I don't know. So maybe we'll get another one. I wouldn't mind if, if we, we had more. Um, I don't know. It's like, you know, could we get Sandra Bullock? You know, do we I, we don't need her character back, but you know, it would be good to revisit and see, you know, where, where she's at and, and all that. But it would be interesting, you know, with how this ends. What's okay, what does this mean or I think. So bird box Barcelona, it's on Netflix. You know, it's like I said, not not the best, but if you've seen the first one, you definitely should see this one just to see more about this. And you know, there's the the interesting twist um, makes it you know different enough to to check out. So, so yeah, that's it. That that was the movie. Watch it. All right, and now that's kind of sort of main feature, <sighs> and I'm I'm a little hesitant. We're gonna talk about San Diego Comic Con 2023. And the reason I'm a little hesitant is it, it's always fun and exciting to be here. And, and just, you know, especially now, you know, this is it's, it's been a year. I haven't done any shows. I didn't go to WonderCon this year. And, you know, I didn't um, I'm not going to any other shows this year. So this is like my only show. You know, it's been one year since I've gone anywhere. Uh, so it's, it's always fun being here it's It's fun, but it's it's exhausting. I mean, it's a lot of work and and I know I kind of put the pressure like on myself. I know I don't have to do a lot of the stuff, but now that I'm doing this on my own, you know this is all coming out of my pocket. you know, flying out here is not cheap. hotel is crazy, not cheap, and so I feel like. I need to be making this content and, you know, other people are, are, are telling me, it's like, no, just go enjoy yourself. You know, this is, cause I don't really, you know, I don't go on vacation really. You know, this is like my one big expense, you know, travel, you know, fun expense, but I feel like I need to do something and just, you know, also to, to keep my quote unquote brand going, you know, keep myself relevant in the industry and you know, all that stuff. So it, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and, and I, I try pushing myself and, but, also, you know, I there's only so much I can do because, I, you know, I am just one person. And, you know, there's been some times in the past I've had someone help me, like, hold a camera. So it was just me this year. And uh, the other downside is, as I've mentioned, because of the writer strike and the actor strike, there was not a lot of opportunities. And, you know, there are other things I could have done, but some of it is it's just stuff that I... I I'm not watching, I'm not into, and it, it, I don't want to like try to take a spot that someone else that might appreciate a little more. Cause like, I know there was like some panel for like the jury, which I've heard about that. Someone, someone at, at school uh, mentioned that, that it's, it's a, a fun show. I haven't watched any of it. It sounds interesting, but it's like, I don't want to do press coverage on that. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to fake it. And, you know, act like I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it's insulting to them. And I don't know if anyone listening is watching that. You know, it, it'd be weird just all of a sudden just talk about something that, you know, out of nowhere. So there's been, like, other things here and there that I, I could have done. But there's, there really hasn't been a whole lot. Like, some some press sessions have been just flat out canceled. Because, you know, w- without the actors to promote the stuff, there really isn't a whole lot that they can do so you know some and even like you know panels were, were canceled and, and some of the things were just like well we're just going to do we're just going to have a viewing party and and sometimes the footage is only like 20 minutes because you know a lot of times they have the panels the, the the actors or director whoever you know they, they talk about the stuff sometimes they'll do a and a from the audience and then they'll show exclusive footage or something like that but without doing all that so they just show footage so instead of an hour long panel it's just like 20 minutes so it's it's been kind of weird that way so the only um press sessions that I have done is, so okay the first one was Max Animation and, which I realized, I have, and I, I still need to process the, the, you know, I gotta edit the video, you know, sync up the audio and, and post it and do all that stuff. And I haven't been able to do that because I'm doing the podcast also, you know, I had to, had to watch, um, super, you know, my adventure of Superman. And I think that was it. I think I watched, I had to watch Secret Invasion this week also. But to tell you about the panels and I debated, it's like, you know, I could put some of the audio in here but you, you, can, you can watch it on my youtube channel if if you know if if i posted the stuff up there with the max animation so the first thing was harley quinn <laughs> and um behind the scenes it was an interesting panel or an interesting session because you know when you do the roundtable interviews depending on how they're handled you know, I, I've talked about this before, where a lot of times you you just you kind of have to be aggressive, but you don't want to be rude because, you know, you're you're sitting with other people. And the nice thing about this is like when I when I sat down there, like this one guy, Donovan, he's like, "G man, you know, he like knew he was. And then, uh, you know, some people you, you recognize, like uh, I met someone else, you know, Megan. Uh, at uh, She's an editor for uh, beautifulballad.org dot So you check them out. So you know, you you, you I'm gonna be sitting here with an hour. So you don't want to be rude, and you know, it's like it's it is kind of like every man for themselves, but it's also like we're in this together. And I've always been like that. You know, I've always talked to people from other outlets, and and I don't I, I get that we're competitors, but I feel like we each have our own audience, our own angle, and and there's who's to say that someone's only gonna visit one place? I mean, so I, I just think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, last year, I I don't remember if I mentioned it during the the Gotham Knights video thing roundtable session. I, I my my video got messed up. I like missed like the first 30 seconds. So someone else like like, hey, I, I can send you the video footage. So I just was able to use that little clip sync it up, which was was awesome. You know, you help each other out because we're all here. You know, so it, it's, it's great when you have that. But um, there's one one person who was new to this and very excited, very enthusiastic trying to have a conversation with the people and that's not really what we're there for. And it, it you know, it, it's fine. You know, sometimes, okay, I get it. But when the people are trying to answer and someone else keeps interrupting, like as they're trying to answer, like not even able to answer that, that was uh yeah, that was something. But so with a uh, Harley Quinn, would we find out um, I like, I was interested like, what is a process? You know, do you, do you, how do you, how does DC approve of this? You know, because. I'm sure you have to like, okay, here's the script, here's the outline, you know, they're not gonna start work on it, you know, and then VC's like, no, you can't do this. And, you know, we, we, we I, I kind of felt bad because then it, it kind of turned into this big long talk about like F-bombs and how many and, you know, just like, because, you know, it started off where they were limited, how many, I feel like the first one had a lot of F-bombs, but I think there's like, I think we had like seven or something like that. But then they're talking about like, sometimes the, the actors ad lib and they'll add another one in there and it just seems kind of natural, and it seems funny at the time, and you know they don't want to stifle it and say, "Oh no, you can't do that." But then they're like, so, "Well, sometimes if you use you know the F bomb like twice in one sentence, you know, or whatever, it gets to be too much." And so there's all that. We also found out, you know, the main thing is is Ivy, Harley, and Ivy are still going to be together because they're a couple. And you know, they want to embrace that. And I think that's great that, you know, like let's, that that's firm, let's keep that, you know, Lois and Clark, uh, you know, Batman and Catwoman, you know, that these are these concrete couples. So we have that. They're gonna be going to different locations. They're gonna be going to Las Vegas. They're gonna be going to the moon, which you see in the promo, They're like in this rocket, sh- weird looking rocket ship and, and stuff like that. And uh, there's, you know, Bane's gonna get another little spotlight, which is great. And um, so I think that was about it for Harley. So that's going to start up this week, which it's going to be tough for me to watch it this week. We'll 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 see what happens. Um, then there was Fiona and Cake. We talked to like the showrunner and uh, supervising, uh, like, a supervising like director, and I'm I'm really excited about that. So that starts on August thirty first. And um, what I didn't realize is. This is picking up like some years later, so it's kind of like the time is still going on. Because you know we've seen if you've watched uh, the the other Adventure Time. Um, why am I drawing a blank with it? I wrote it when I, I did it right up. So Max did like four Adventure Time specials, and they're like almost like an hour, like forty-five minutes an hour. And in one of them, we see like Finn is an adult, and you know he's got like a beard, and you know he's still his missing an arm, and you know all that so fiona is going to be like you know 31 you know, 30 something and it's weird because like you can see the trailer and i you know posted in an article on entertainment fish and you know she's trying to make rent and you know she's like living in a world and there's no magic and she's like this is just seems weird like something's missing and obviously things start to, to kick back in and and so it'll be interesting like how did things get there but what's interesting is, you know, they, they did mention that, you know, we're going to see Finn. I think there might have been some footage at, at, at the panel. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go there. And uh, so, you know, we may see Finn and Jake. But, you know, they, they, they're very cautious. You know, they don't want to just have cameos just for the sake of cameos. And they don't want to take away from, you know, Fiona Cake because it's their show. And, you know, we have Simon's going to be there. So, um, yeah, we have that. Um, someone asked, us like, are we going to see tree trunks? And I was just like, um, and the, the guy's like, the voice actor passed away, and you know, it was like it's, it was like a couple of years ago. I, I remember hearing about that. Cause uh, I don't know how I feel about Tree Trunks. I, you know, I f- I feel bad, you know, for the loss of a person. But, but but they did say that they did get like one. We will be seeing Tree Trunks. There will be like some appearance or uh, I don't know exactly how or what, but we'll have something there. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to that because uh, I I just I love Adventure Time so much. And then the other one is called Young Love. So there's there's like a like a, almost like a seven minute short. You look it up on YouTube. It's called Hair Love. You may have heard of it. Uh, I uh, you know I'm living in a cave and, and didn't hear about it before, but Hair Love is about this father trying to help his daughter do her hair. You know. It's, it's, you know, this is, you know, a black girl, she's got her hair, you know, she's watching these videos. Like, you know, there's like some hair blogger, you know, YouTube, like how to do this. And her you know her hair is like out of control and she, you know, she's trying to fix it. And, you know, it's, it's like a special day, you know, something's marked on the, I feel like I'm giving away too much. So she, you know, she's trying to do her hair and then the, the dad's like, um, baseball cap. And, you know, she, so it, it's, it's very touching. And, um, there, there's one part I'm just like, Ugh. you know, I was getting emotional. But it, it is something, because I remember trying to do my daughter's hair. I mean, it wasn't like that. You know, I was trying to do, like, how how can I get put her hair in a ponytail? You know, just a simple ponytail. So it's it's a very touching short. I mean, you should really see that. So then Young Love's going to expand on the family, but they're going to be, like, half-hour episodes. And I think there's, like, 12 episodes in a season. So it's, like, really cool. And they got voice actors now, because in this short – they don't talk, you know, and they don't need to because it's a, they're able to present it with without all that. So that that looks really cool, and then they're just like, you know, they're talking about like all these people, you know, sending them, you know, linking them different things because you know there's a book for it, and you know they did a Kickstarter and, and all this. So you should should look for those. Okay, so that was like one day I did those interviews, and then I did a Mortal Kombat uh, session, and because those orders gonna be Mortal Kombat one. And yeah, I can't remember. You know, I don't play much. One period, I don't play much video games because I don't have time. But you know, remember, I'm not even sure the last Mortal Kombat I played. But I've talked to Ed Boon before. It's probably for like Injustice. I don't know. And you know, he he seems like such a nicest guy. And you know, he's been around for so long. And he even talked about that. Like you know, I think it's like thirty years ago. You never not think he'd still be making these games. You never know, he think he'd be around. You know, able to do these that people would be interested. So he just seems like the nicest guy. So I'm so happy for him. I hope he's a nice guy. But, you know, he's always seemed, like, super cool. But, you know, we, we got to hear about, like, it's so basically it's Mortal Kombat 1. They're kind of rebooting things. And, you know, some things are familiar, but some things are obviously a little different. And uh, so we, we got to talk to the voice actor for Smoke and... You know, I like. I asked like, you know, what's it? You, like, do you ever feel bad looking at some of like the the finishing moves that you do to the people? And uh, this, he he was really funny. Uh, it, was, it was cool to talk to. Oh, so with this, we're in the press room. You know, we we enter there, and I always try to take a little bit of control you know if because sometimes you'll come in and they'll have like the chairs marked like where the talent is going to sit and then the rest of us you know if anyone's filming you you know you point your cameras there you try to pick a good spot where you can get a good angle and all that but sometimes if there's nothing set up i'll try to take charge and i was like okay hey what do you think about this you know if there's other people sitting there it's like this looks good right and we kind of do that we're like waiting waiting so then uh we're all getting set up and then the 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 people come in they're like yeah, we're going to move a couple tables together and have us all sit around these two tables, which they're round, they're literal round tables. So it's kind of hard to put two round tables together and then they're going to have the people sitting in, in, in between two. So it's not the, my favorite, you know, camera angle, but it, it was pretty good. I haven't, as I, hopefully I'll get that. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I have some of that footage up. We'll have to see if, if I get around to it. But I also got to talk to Kelly Hugh, uh, and she talked about playing Dust Strike, you know, in X-Men, which is so cool. Because when, when I saw she was going to be there, because she's not a SAG actor, so she's able to talk about, uh, you know, being, you know, Lei Ming, I think she, she's playing here. So she was just, like, super cool. Because, you know, she's like, I'm not really into games, and, you know, she doesn't really know a whole lot, but, you know, she's, she's done, a you know, different vo- you know, games, she's voiced and stuff like that. So, and then uh, just talking to Ed is just like, like really cool. And, and just like hearing the ideas, like why reboot and, you know, what are they thinking? And you know, obviously and they're, they're, they're keeping things close to Vest. Cause you know, this was before the panel too, cause like I asked like, well, what can you tell us about other, you know, the, the guest appearance, like the, the comic book characters that we always see. And he's like, oh, if you would ask me that after the panel, whatever. So they did announce some things but it was stuff that was rumored before. You know so there's going to be um, Omni-Man from Invincible, there's going to be Homelander from The Boys. There was one other one. Who is the other one? Oh, now I'm totally drawing a blank. But there there's one other hero. I'm going I I know as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going I'm going to remember it. But obviously, you know, that information's out there. So hopefully I'll, I'll get those videos posted. And then I did Justice League War World. So this is continuing the Tomorrowverse, you know, movies that, you know, we, we've had lately from, you know, DC, from Warner Brothers home video. Um, but again, no, no voice actors. So we had like, you know, Script writer, script writer, you know, director, and, and, you know, it's, it's cool to hear like the process before, because like with movie, this movie, they're like, actually, there's gonna be like different genres, like Batman is going to be like a, on a barbarian world, Wonder Woman ends up in like a, a Western world, and I think Superman's like in a noir world. And so, you know, we get that, it turned out like the d- different writers kind of focused on their different parts, you know, with, and everything. So it was cool hearing like how that, that work and, you know, you know, did they pick this part, you know, how did that happen? And, and, you know, were there any fights and were there other ideas and everything like that? So that, that was, that was basically it. Those are the only interviews I did and, I spent a lot of time in Artist Alley, just like talking to different people, you know, talking about to, like Todd Nock, Jen Chung, Sean Galloway, you know, Peter Nguyen, Dustin Nguyen, Joel Gomez. And, you know, so it's, it's always great to, to talk to these people. You know, I talked to some people at the DC booth. I, I, I talked to Jeff Loeb because he, he was doing a signing for like a Batman, I think it was long Halloween for like a, you know, a, a, a charity cause or something. and. You know, I haven't talked to Jeff since uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, because he, as a, you know, president of Marvel TV at the time, you know, he'd always be there. And, and Jeff has always been the nicest guy to to me. And um, I did ask one thing, and I, I can't, I'm not even going to say what it was, but years back I had asked him something in an interview. And then it, it just, he was wasn't able to, He wasn't in a position where he could ever work on that, whatever. So I was like, so now, you know, I was like, years back, I asked you this and you said you had this in mind. And then he's like, I can neither confirm or deny any of that. So if so, I'm going to be so excited because I've been waiting for this for the longest time. I should see if I can find that footage because since a lot of the Comic-Con stuff is locked away or non-existence. So, I mean, it was, it was fun like that, and um, that that's really all, all there was to it. And so it, it felt like there was, you know, without the studios here, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and I didn't even do any of the activations this year. So it was just, just really weird, a, you know, different, different vibe. Um, on, on a Saturday morning, I, I did... Go out to breakfast with uh, Norm Chan and Joey Famelli who are at Tested dot com. You know, for Whiskey Media Days. So, it was, and it is so funny that the two of them are in the Bay Area, and you know, it it takes us going to the the San Diego to meet up and and have a meal together. So it, it was it was it was so cool, you know, because man, we you know we we did so much together back then. So it's like I love those guys, and so it was definitely i mean that was like one of the highlights is is getting to catch up with them so if i look at things like that you know just like all the time i spent talking to you know my my artist friends you know industry friends that you know this is the only time i see them so i shouldn't feel bad that i don't have as much content but i don't know i I, i'm always i'm always kind of let down because i was wish i could have done more and like There's times where it's like, okay, I could go out. I could be running around trying to do more trying to get because I was like Maybe I'll just do some random like videos and you know, just get some, you know, a feel for the, the convention I just, I kind of get to it. I I just, I don't know, I feel kind of like discouraged, kind of like let down with myself. And I just like don't have that energy to really do that or like the motivation, even though that's what I really want to do. So mainly what I've been doing is just doing like little clips and posting them on my TikTok. You know, I don't have a, I do not have a big TikTok following. If you're on TikTok, (laughs) you please follow me. (laughs) I would totally appreciate it. You know, G man from heck on TikTok. But you know, I I have posted some, some clips on there. And you you don't need to have a TikTok you don't need to download the TikTok app to view them you can just go to you know just search G Man from Heck TikTok and you can find my page right away and you can watch them online you know you do not need an account to view these these videos and that Um, but that yeah that's mainly what I did so uh, as soon as I'm done here I'm gonna like head back out and, and to the floor and. I have zero, you know, no agenda, just to see what I, what I can see. And because um, at, at this point, you know, we're like over halfway through the show, like I haven't even seen the entire f- floor, but it's, it's also weird to think that like Psycho Collectibles is not here, you know, they didn't set up and uh, I don't even know what else is out there, but that's it. So I think on that note, that's, that's gonna be the end. So it's been a really weird San Diego, like I said, I should be happy and excited. You know, I'm happy to be here, but I'm I'm also kind of bummed a little bit. I guess so. I don't know. And and I hate to end on that note, but that is going to be it for the, for this week. So I think this has been. I don't. Again, I don't even know how long this this episode has been. Big, big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They're big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck. I can barely talk. Any amount you can commit to will be extremely super awesome, especially after how much I'm spending this weekend. Um, If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. I recently talked about a bunch of Silver Age, uh, like Superman comics, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, uh, I, th- I think I might go back to amazing Spider-Man, like some John Romita era Spider-Man comics, do that for a little bit, pick up where I left off. Um, but if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash G from heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three that's K O dash F I.com slash G man from heck. So what's going to happen next week? It's it's going to be crazy. So I, as I may have mentioned, I don't remember if, if I, what I've said or not. So Tuesday, I'm flying out to to visit my daughter to see like where she's living because you know she moved out of state. Um, hopefully, for temporarily. So I'm going to go you know see hang out with her, see the, the place or anything like that. We're flying back Friday, and then uh, you know so we'll get back Friday, you know, late Friday, and then Saturday we have Taylor Swift. And um, so it's it's going to be kind of tight to, you know, will I be able to watch everything and still record everything? So Monday, I'm going to have a small window. I might try to go to the movies to see either Barbie or Oppenheimer because I don't think anything is opening up this coming week. And I actually, I don't think anything is opening the following week. Let me just check real quick. Okay, it looks like on... July 28th we have haunted mansion uh, I, I I don't know if I'm I, I'm, I mean I maybe I, I, I saved that for a secret podcast episode at some point I, I really you know I can't remember if I've seen any trailers for it I, I know I remember when a trailer came out I don't know if I have to watch yet I haven't seen anything so I might I have a feeling I might do Barbie I'm really really curious about Barbie just with what everyone's been saying about that and then the following week uh on august 4th there's meg 2 which i'm kind of curious about that and there's also till death to us part i don't remember if i've heard anything about that oh it's a final destination which i haven't seen i don't even know how many final destinations but maybe then the next next week i do openheimer because then after that is gran turismo and then the 18th is blue beetle and and you know maybe i uh, the twenty fifth. I'm not sure about any of these. Bottoms of Hill, Retribution, White Bird. Maybe one day I I do Haunted Mansion or you know go back and do something. So we'll see. But I have a feeling I might be going towards Barbie. And I know some people are like, No, you got to see Oppenheimer first. But I'm just really really curious about. Well, we'll see. You know, it, it may change last minute. So um, yeah. So next week's going to be be kind of kind of interesting. But. And like I said, you know, before, you know, I, I haven't, it's been over months and I've seen my, I know it's only, only been a month, but you know, this is my kid that I've seen like every single day, pretty much, except when I've been traveling at shows. So, uh, uh, you know, my, my heart has been, you know, aching to see her again. So I'll do what I can next week, obviously. Cause you know, I will definitely, you know, I cannot miss a week. I'm determined to continue putting out episodes every single week since I've started. So I'll do what I can and try to make up for it after that whenever. So I hope you are doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're having a good time. If you went to Comic-Con, I hope you had a better time than I did. But, you know, it's, it's been fine for me, but I hope you're doing fun things and I hope you remember to be good to each other.